Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This week, couldn't wait any longer. He demanded we do a show, and thus, this week is spoiler cast. So, if you haven't played through patch 5.4 yet, we'll be covering every possible story aspect, our speculations, and I'm sure Ethis will make us feel dumb, but that's just that just comes with the territory. But I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Happy. Of course, joining me is Sly. How are you doing, Sly? I am doing amazing. How you amazing. doing? I'm doing amazing, too. I should say so myself. And I already mentioned him. You already knew he was going to be here. Ethis. Hi. Hi, everyone. Oh, not much. Just, just gotten all caught up. Just um, finally smashed out my um, my emerald stuff. Now I've got all the nice. story content out of the way. Uh, yeah, I, I was poking Mike like left, right, and center, just really wanting to get on with the spoiler cast because, um, oh, okay. man, there's so much. Just, just so poking. much. I sent him messages in, like, four different places. I, like, jumped in to chat while he was streaming. <laughs> like, yeah, wait. Yeah. You, you, I, pulled, you pulled a straight-up Debo. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we doing this thing. Yeah, see, it's normally other people that have to do that to me. It's um, kind of empowering to be on the the other side of it. And that was when um, we yeah. lost him to insanity. Hmm. Oh, you mm-hmm. you you lost me a long time ago, long <laughs> long time ago. Did Did you know that my full my full time job is to talk about the the lore, like the fictional history of a fictional universe of a video but game? But it was made in a real place. Was it? I don't even know that for sure. Right. I don't even know. I'm so far off the deep end. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's what we're doing today. We're talking about 5.4 spoilers for for everything. Have you have you guys done everything? Are we oh, all yeah. we all caught up. Oh, have you done the void quests? Have you both yes. done the void quests? Yes. No. Yes. Ooh. You're about to be spoiled. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. Have don't you mind. done the 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 new near chapter? Yes. <laughs> There's a very, <laughs> yeah, okay. Did we, I don't think we even talked about it last time, you know? Like, I remember when we were doing Angel's Divya, I had like one, yeah, I had like one near question because I felt like we needed to and we were all just like, Ugh. we were pretty shocked you had a near question in there. We were, we were pretty surprised yeah. you had a near question. Me, yeah. me too. Yeah. Me too. All Listen, right. I know all the Yoko Taro fanboys, they, you gotta throw them a bone. You have to. I'll throw him a bone with Drakengard, but that's it. Okay. All right. right. Uh, So where where do we want to start? Well, I need to start by thanking our sponsors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See what I mean? This was was what it was like with him asking for the show. I'm like, okay, I got this flow. We're going to start with this. And he's just like, yeah, so what did you guys do? Where are we starting? What do you want to talk about? Hey, how's it going? What's (laughs) up? Yeah. Cool. Just hype. I don't care about your flow. I've never cared about your flow. That's very true, Giggity. Anyway. Um, so anyway, it's a, so for the start of the show, we do have sponsors for the show. Uh, of course, Steel Series has been sponsoring the show every week for years at this point. Thank you to them. Um, of course, the same 12% discount is there as it always is in the description of the video or in the chat with exclamation mark Steel Series. And they're still doing monthly giveaways. So on the YouTube channel, go under the video and check that out. And uh, enter because it's free stuff you could win. When they're in stock, because they've... <laughs> they, since Black Friday, it's been it's been pretty nutty. We have to go to Best Buy or something to get stuff for Steel Series for right now. Um, also, we do have another sponsor, but it's only going to be on the YouTube side of things. So those of you on Twitch, when you go to YouTube, there will be an extra segment right here because uh, Romancing Saga Reuniverse, who's sponsored the show in the past, 
sponsored this show as well. So on YouTube, we're going to cut to a 30-second ad for that now. And we're back. Okay. On Twitch, you don't, yeah. that's all you get. Whoa, wow. You don't get it. I that did, was wild. Yeah, that was great. That was crazy. Uh, 10 out of 10. Yeah. I played it earlier. Really, I mean, I like that game. It's their half anniversary. So <clears throat> their giveaway is galore for that game. And uh, they also just released, uh, I think it's Saga Frontier 1 through 3, I think, just came out. Hmm. The Saga series was Final Fantasy Le- Legends when it first came to the States, for anyone who doesn't know that. Final Fantasy Legends oh, 1 really? through 3 were the first three Saga huh. games. Yep. Yeah. So. Now hmm. that was a nice ad. <laughs> oh, Twitch chat. But thank you to them for sponsoring this show as well. And of course, we have our patrons, whose names are scrolling in the top right. Who will get a longer shout out at the end of the show because that's when you'll be able to have read all their names. You'll be reading them this whole time instead of listening to us. We know that. That's it. So we're gonna start. Um, so Sly well, and I. Before we. Oh no, no, Sly. Yeah, yes. Before, before we, we really want. Before we start, start. We've we've given our oh, yes. you know initial first impression. Mm-hmm. So we haven't had you on for first impressions. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, before we get to the meat of everything, you want to give us a quick first impressions of this of uh, what you thought well, of the patch? Uh, see, see, my first impressions of the patch was um, doing the commentary for the world race for the first forty-eight hours, and just like that, the sort of hectic um, nature of that, I feel like has coloured my uh, reaction to the rest of the patch. Does that make any sense? Like, I've been so excited about this patch. I've been so, so pumped for it. And I've been looking forward to it for like months and like gearing up, um, for it that I just, um, I just had like such a blast. I just felt so like reinvigorated getting into the content. Um, so I know a lot of people are like a little bit disappointed in the MSQ and I get that. And I am not at all, probably for the same reasons that a lot of people are. A lot of people kind of scratching their heads, being like, what are we doing back in Limsa? Who's this guy? And I was over there like, oh, yes, we're back in Limsa. Oh, my God. We're, like, resolving stuff that's been hanging since 1.0. This is so good. Um, so I've uh, I've been loving it. Um, I haven't mm, had a chance to get into Savage yet, but I'm going to be pugging that over the next couple of weeks, um, which I'm excited for. So, yeah, I think I think it's been a, a pretty pretty good patch. Pretty good patch. I, my favorite part of the world race was when you thought we got world first when we were just clearing normal mode. That one. <laughs> I had like 10 seconds. Where I was like, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> that was uh, fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, had, we got a kick out of that, so thank you. After mm-hmm. many long hours oh, you're welcome. of suffering. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so I I want to do this. And I don't want to do this at the same time, but I want to get the easy one out of the way. Okay. Okay. So, near. <laughs> uh, have either of you played Dragon God? I uh, yes, I have played the original Dragon. Okay. Guard. Can you? So we we get an echo flashback where one of one of the dwarves, I think Aenok, um, had like an accident. In, in the mines or whatever, and then came out of one of those weird big egg things. Um, I've, uh, seed, seed of destruction, that, that term was being thrown around a little bit. It is a seed. Can yes. you, can you tell us what, 
what the hell that thing is? Well, uh, you go into it, and then you come back out, and you're a fucking atrocious abomination of nothing like what you were before. <laughs> you're not you anymore. Mm. You're basically replaced, in a sense. Um, okay. So, in other words, they're basically the arbiters of, of the destruction of, of everything that's going to come. <laughs> so... That I think we might know an approximation of who the final boss might be at this point. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and who would that be? Uh, what's her What's her face? The which one was it? Who I always forget. I always get their names mixed up. The dwarves. The the Fury. Anog. You think Anog's going to be the final boss? Anog is 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 going to be bad. <laughs> It's okay. going to be real bad. Okay. See, I was under the impression that, like, it had already happened to her once and that she was subsequently one of the machines or, or something like that. That she was, like, Oh, yeah, no, she's been like that the mm-hmm. whole time, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. the, her missing is the the more interesting aspect of it all. Because uh, those things and what they do to you are not... Not good. <laughs> it's very not good. So when we see Anog again, it's not going to be on happy terms. So where where do they come from? Drakengard. Okay, but I mean, Are you like, asking what timeline? <laughs> no, I mean, the, I mean, I mean, like, what 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 is like the ontology of these things? Like, yeah, okay, you've told us what they do, but like, where where do they where do they come from? What, what made the what put them there? It's more information than you know, and more information than I'm willing to remember. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a good chance that Conog is also an abomination. Hmm. So, yeah, no, it's not going to be good. It's going to be, and I don't. It's it's bad news coming for those two twins. It's not going to end well for either of them. Okay, so they're just big, nasty Deus Ex Machinas that are going to mess things up for us in a major way. Yeah, good thing we'll resolve it in one patch, and then I can be rid of this fucking series. That would be Of nice. raids. Specifically of raids. Because mm. I just don't want it. I just don't want it. Now, that said, I feel like we should reiterate that, like, the raids themselves, they've been fun. You know, the music's been great, the the fight design's been great, like, they've been fun to play through, but, um, yeah, just the story is not, it's not grabbing me. There's a good 20 minutes of this Nier story where it could have literally to do with anything that isn't Nier, and you're like, I like this, Mm -hmm. in this patch. Mm -hmm. Like, when the dwarves are, like, being Mm -hmm. blamed, and he's trying to come up with apologies, and it's like, he's going through this, like, emotional crisis, and he doesn't know where his sister... Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is very Final Fantasy XIV right here. I feel for this Mm -hmm. guy... This is well done, this is well written. Then he goes to the fucking raid and stares at a, a goddamn ball, and it fucking all falls apart again, and you're just like, all right, I hope you know about Drakengard <laughs> and all this shit. Uh, oh, all right, okay. Mm. Well, that's that's that. We've gotten that out of the way. Hey, uh, you know what, though? Still cautiously optimistic mm. for the last part. <laughs> I've said it about every quest. Yeah. I don't go in expecting okay. it to be a disaster. It just has been mm. every time so far. Alright. Okay. Yeah, we still don't know. That's actually a good point. We still don't know why it's called the Dark Apocalypse series. Yorha Dark Apocalypse. 
We don't know that. We don't know why that's, unless it's just, it sounds cool, which may very well be the actual answer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> the only, the only dark apocalypse that we know of in 14 is, you know, well, one might be happening in the MSQ pretty soon. Yeah. Um, gosh, the heck, maybe it'll tie into that somehow. Don't say that. Well. I'm gonna need you to not say maybe. that. Maybe. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, can we, can we move on from, yes. from your aha? Please. Yeah. Um, let's leave the Please. MSQ for last because that okay. I think is the right. chunkiest. Why? I think it's the chunkiest okay. thing to talk about. Mm. Mm. It is pretty chunky. It is quite mm. chunky. Whereas I think Whirlit and Eden are, are bite-sized enough to... No. <laughs> no, Eden is not bite-sized. No, Eden, so. Eden not so much. No. Whirlit definitely no. is, though. Whirlit's definitely bite-sized enough, because... Uh, Whirlit's got okay. some meat on it. A little bit of meat. Whirlit, so here's the thing. Mm. Whirlit's been incredibly consistent, if not anything mm. else, yeah. in the pace of its storytelling. It pretty much moves the story yeah. forward exactly the amount you expect. And then pushes what you need to know a little bit further, just enough to make mm-hmm. you want the next one without being like backloaded on cutscenes. I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, let's talk about Warlet then. Yeah. Um, Alrighty. I'm loving Warlet. It's yeah. Same. It's just it's so wholesome and sad, but also badass at the same time. Wholesome is the first word Listen, you use for fucking Whirlit? Not for not for Valens, but for the story of of the actual, you know, the the children, the Aura, and the way they feel about this whole thing. Not mm. Valens. Still? Not Valens. He's he's the he's the not wholesome part. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Unless it's whole milk. Wholesome. That's the only way yeah, he's wholesome. I, I would uh. use the word wholesome for that though. Hmm. For the for the kids, I would especially for the post Warlick cutscenes that we got uh, when you go back mm-hmm. to Turncliffe. Um, mm-hmm. All of that, it's 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 very is relatable almost to a sense with the way the children are are like handled in a sense in terms of being out of place and feeling abandoned and still wanting to do good but having to do bad to do good kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I just like how all of the children have been fleshed out so far, and their ordeal specifically. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not like super attached to to the children. Um, I still, I I don't know. They feel a little bit like shoehorn to me. Um, I mean, but, you kind of have to be attached to Allie, though. I mean, she's the only one left. She's yeah, the, she's about to be the only one left. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I get that. I just really wish, I really, really wish in this quest line that Livia and Retardin had still been alive. You well, know? we get um, a moment with one yeah. of them, sort yeah, of. Yeah, we get a moment yeah. with one of them. But, you know, yeah. and, and and I want it to be more about Gaius and, and Sid and their relationship and maybe, you know, Nero as well. Um, I think it's really interesting they tied Valens into, into that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, which we'll come to, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mind the Alra. I just, uh, they're not yeah. the most interesting component of the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, they're adopted. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
They are indeed adopted. This is this is true. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Very um, good. Uh, Warlock kind of gets off uh, off the ground running. It pretty much thro- throws you immediately into the core thing that you need here because they're like, well, I've heard about this emerald weapon. It can be in one of two places, and of course, it's the place mm-hmm. we go. And now you're fighting it. Yeah, one thing. One thing about the Emerald Weapon. Did nobody notice that the Emerald Weapon kind of looks like Gaius's helmet? I kind of like. Did you, I, uh, yeah. did you notice that the Ruby Weapon looks exactly like Nail's helmet? And then yeah, it, and then Sapphire's looks like yeah, I know. Yeah, I can't yeah. really see yeah. his head. His everything's like so chunky that I couldn't really make out a helmet. It was like really hard yeah. to make out. It's it's one of those things that like you don't see it until you do, and then when you do, you can't unsee it. Yeah, like I didn't see suddenly it's all you see anything that looked like like in all the art leading up to it. I never once was like, yeah, his head looks like Gaius's helmet. It's just he's just like mm. he's just like chunked around the whole thing that I couldn't really make it out. So mm. um, after the fact, though, yeah, because <laughs> mm. then you start looking and you're like, I remember the other two. I think about Emerald Weapon is that he's not Emerald. (laughs) He's gold. (laughs) Super Saiyan. Yeah, which um, brings up uh, a lot of people, you know, may not know this, but, you know, a lot of people still don't know why Golden Gaius is a thing, period, from back in Praetorium. Uh, Because the lore was kind of shoehorned into a mount, the uh, Golden Magitek Armor mount. Where, yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, they use ceruleum to boost magic resistance, basically, um, and it has that effect on their armor. So that's yeah. a big reason why that happens. And I thought that it was, yeah. it was fun to dig that up again. Yeah, it's yeah, it's highly, as you say, highly like magic resistant and also very um, uh, highly like ethereally conductive. So a lot of those sort of like magitech attacks this kind of like simulated magic that the the Galian purebloods have to use um it's just a lot easier more efficient to to channel it like in in that state um i assume that the offshoot is that it also is incredibly like resource intensive and like power intensive to be able to sustain that state um but uh yeah i think i think that was like a really cool little little throwback um there were quite a few references in the fight as well that, like, Geis was noticing that um, they were using, like, his his tactics. Um, so, Gaius, this this is something that, you know, is kind of missed a little bit in the MSQ as well, that Gaius is renowned in Garlemald for being a, like, a, a tactical genius. They, they study all of his plays and all of his historical campaigns and stuff at the Royal Magitech Academy. Um... He's uh, incredibly, incredibly, you know, influential and like a real, you know, folk hero uh, to boot. Mm. Um, he's almost like this sort of Alexander the Great type type figure uh, in a way. Um, I mean, he took Alamigo basically without firing a shot. Um, but uh, yeah, when you're in that like simulated world at, in phase two, he's using the, the hands to like simulate these different like... Um, tactical formations and stuff that Gaius was actually using in that battle, uh, which is really interesting. Um, and plays in, I think, a lot more in the extreme mode, but um, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're really good at little details like this. These are kind of things that mm-hmm. if you just play the fight and you don't care about the story or anything, it's it's one thing. You wonder what, what mm-hmm. the hell. Like, why does mm-hmm. everyone weapon have hands? Why can't Gaius form a full row of soldiers? What a fucking idiot. And... <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize they have to make it winnable, and then you know all of a sudden it uh, it ties into the lore no, of the character. It's because it's because Gaius is in the middle as well, and he needs somewhere to stand. In normal mode, he dodges. He actually just dodges them one by yeah, one. Yeah, he dodges it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in, in extreme, yeah. he's like, "I'm out. <laughs> Good luck." Yeah. But I, I like that. I really like that. The idea of of like I, I guess in the um uh the the way of kind of constructing a fight diegetically in Final Fantasy fourteen, being like, all right, I'm going to get all my ads that do this attack that I've memorized and I know how to execute the mechanics, but the other dudes in here with me that I want to kill, they don't know how to execute it. So they're going to die and I'm going to be good. I love that. I think that's really, really neat, like, diegetic storytelling. Yeah, and then in Extreme, when you have all three components, you have the armor, you mm-hmm. have the carpet bombers... And you have the soldiers all firing. That's strategically, while it may not be that bad to execute for us, you know, mm-hmm. we're the warrior of light, you know. Yeah. In an actual battle, someone would saw that on three sides and be like, I "Guess I'll just die." Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, oh man, how how have your extreme farms? How much extreme have you guys done as a backing out of the story <laughs> aspect? Oh, I've been I've been farming a lot. I've been in a lot of farm parties, if you know what I mean. Sly, I'm fucking done. I've never seen that. Mister Mount Fuck here. Oh, you already got the mount. You got like the third fucking kill. Four. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Fourth kill, and then I had to to go ten times to get the weapon. So, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm sorry done. for oh, your fucking... Thing. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm at fucking 80 oh, and man. my monk fists haven't dropped, Sly. 80? 80 and you haven't... No. So really? here's the thing. For the first 45, I went Scholar. They dropped three times mm. and didn't win them. So I went Monk, uh, and they okay. haven't dropped since. Yeah. Oh, jeez. That's tragic. So I might need 109 no. of these by the time all said and done. So. Oh, no. Oh, oh, fuck oh. you! <laughs> In your fucking hurricane. <laughs> My fucking, like, party finder experience is a fucking hurricane. That's everybody's oh, experience. Yeah, but I'm doing it more. So it's like the hurricane that never farm, ends. Farm party. Farm party. I have 80 tokens, uh, Sly. 80. Well, that's, oh, that's pretty efficient. Well done. Anyway, back to the story of Warlock, I suppose. Yeah, so so we destroy it. Yep. Mm-hmm. He is way too... I mean, I get why he's so happy about oversouling in this, but it's got to be weird becoming mm-hmm. your dad. That's got to be a weird moment, really. He is, like, really happy about Cats it, isn't he? Cats in the cradle shit right here. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta say, you know, now that you think about it, you can imagine, like, drawing straws for which weapon you were going to have to pilot, and the one that got nailed is just like, oh, no. Oh come on! <laughs> oh jeez! So, so really and then you get Gaius, and you, yeah, and then you get Gaius, and you're like, yes. <laughs> Who's your daddy? <laughs> oh man! And yeah. it's another a, a big thing. Also, you can see how much Oversoul has kind of 
improved from the first experience mm-hmm. um, with what mm-hmm. happens with Ruby Weapon versus what happens with Emerald. Emerald looks like a much more complete oversoul, in a sense. He, uh, Gaius, yeah. basically, he takes over, but he's not an abomination. He's like, he's an eth- etherically mm. charged presence. Right, that right. basically yeah, okay. coexists with his weapon, which probably plays well into Gaius's, like you said, his whole strategy aspects. Because if you had like a nail abomination, like if Gaius was like oozing out of him, probably wouldn't be as mm. sound of mind, I imagine. Mm. No. Yeah, and Sapphire, Sapphire was incomplete. Sapphire barely, I mean, he was, it was better, but it was still not all the way there. I wonder if it's also part of mm-hmm. just wanting the Oversoul more, because I feel like the last two, our awe were more like dedicated to the idea and like less surprised by what was happening. Whereas what's her face? Um, began with an M. Melisandia. Yeah. She was like, she was resistant to it. Yeah, yeah. She was very resistant to it. So I'm assuming that has yeah. some sort of effect on the actual yeah, pilot or on the end result at the very least. Mm. We, we also discovered Hondo. Yeah. I don't know about recon. Yeah. Yeah. Recon, it's an interesting I, idea. I, though. I yeah, I don't feel like Recon was a hundred percent with the plan, as is mm. Rex and what's his face now. Mm. Um, oh no, yeah, what's his face now is definitely not on board for the plan after the beating he took. <laughs> he was on board well, for it before that. I don't know how he's feeling about it now. <laughs> after after they burned out the bad. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. He may not. <laughs> He may not be as, as, res, uh, res, uh, no. Especially when he finds out who, well, he probably already knows, but, you know, who, who he's gonna become. Oh. Yeah, that is gonna be interesting. Mm, well, yeah. you know, with, with Recon and Melisandia, we didn't know that the Oversoul, like, destroying them was by design. Yeah. We thought that it was, like, incomplete or, or, you know, like a, a weird sort of unforeseen side effect, but it turns out that like they they knew going in, all they all them, knew, yeah. except yeah, for Allie. That it was going to kill them, except for Allie. Mm. She found out right, right. before we Sweet showed up for Emerald. summer child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we we were wondering why she went into Valen's room, and it was it had to have been to learn about Oversoul at this point because she then comes to mm. this with this information here. Yeah, um, yeah. So so. We, we learn after defeating Emerald that, uh, the 14th Legion actually has, uh, um, the majority of them in Eorzea have finally been recalled, um, and like let back into Garlemalt. Um, mm-hmm. whereas, uh, basically at the beginning of 2.0, when Solace died, all of the legions were recalled, um, to sort of sort out this, you know, war of succession. Uh, Gaius, refused um and basically was excommunicated in a way um he was basically AWOL and the whole 14th legion was AWOL and then after Praetorium they were not welcome back they were all considered traitors they were stuck in AWOLs yeah they were cut off from imperial supply lines and they were either like resorting to banditry or they were doing jobs for for Elidibus like smuggling crystals and stuff around they were doing a lot of that but now we know that um, they've been allowed back, and the mostly Imperials that are now in Eorzea are part of the new, newly reformed Seventh Legion. But um, they were recalled from Castrum Marinum, basically anticipating what was going to happen. And 
the other um, Alra kids basically put Ali in the brig, knowing that we were going to find her um, and that she was going to be safe and out of Valen's reach um, as a, I guess, a prisoner of war. Or whatever you want to call what he does. Yeah. Prisoner of War almost sounds too tame. No, I mean, now she's a prisoner. Oh, yeah, now she's a prisoner of War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and they knew that she was going to be safe as a prisoner of war, as opposed to going back to him. Um, yeah, which is, uh, pretty rough. <laughs> mm-hmm. To say the least, yeah, yeah they're, uh, it's just the the plan for the, the kids is weird. The plan is to be a part of the project for two reasons. One, mm-hmm. they don't want other people to just be, you know, sacrificed essentially to this. Right. If they don't do mm-hmm. it, someone takes their place. But they also mm-hmm. have the idea that it, they're going to have the power to turn on balance. But their consciousness is not theirs anymore. So that I don't understand in a sense. Yeah. Unless yeah. Alphonse ha- finds some way or just breaks something, breaks away his consciousness during Oversoul and something happens. I don't think like, if, there's an, if there's an Oversoul, you will not break it as the one he is about to be subjected yeah. to. <laughs> it, it is, it is a shit plan. Maybe, maybe they're hoping that they can like, um, improve the weapons enough that they don't have to use Oversoul. Perhaps that's their thinking that they can. But what, like, why would they think? Well, they would think that because they don't know about mm. Valen's testing, like continuously mm. testing Oversoul. So yeah, I mm. get what you're saying. Oh, mm. yeah. But basically, so we we've kind of had a, a harder confirmation now that most of the uh, Imperial legions are operating independently of one another. Um, that there mm-hmm. is no like oversight, no no kind of leadership really operating anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So uh, in the same way that Noe is kind of doing his own thing and trying to make his own little kingdom, Valens is also concentrating this weapons project, presumably so that he can use the weapons to take over Garmon, put himself on the throne. That's what the the orphans are suspecting. And they're like, well, hey, if he thinks he can do that, then surely we can, you know, we're the pilots, right? He can't make us, you know, like once we're in the seat, we can you know, turn and shoot him and then go and, you know, destroy the empire from within and specifically three, uh, free whirl it. Um, but it's like, dude, we're, we're already doing that. <laughs> like we basically did that with a G warrior in like 10 minutes, you know? Um, I don't, I, I think they're really, I think they're stupid, but I think they're supposed to be stupid. I think that's kind of the point, right? Is that they're really I, I naive and idealistic because they're supposed to be like Gaius and like, like Gaius's idea of using the ultimate weapon kind of for, for like similar means. They're supposed to reflect that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with the kids. And this is like one, I think we can kind of like, I think we have to kind of blame Gaius for why we kind of feel a little bit meh about. Mm. About his kids, mm-hmm. like he, he's a fucked up daddy, a little mm-hmm. bit, and he's trying to come back and be a good daddy, mm-hmm. and, and it's just not working. It's it's like the timing's like really fucking off. That's a very good way of putting it. Yeah, the timing's off. <laughs> the timing's like really fucking <laughs> off. You pick up really good time to be a fucking good dad, guys. 
Yeah, it's too a little job, too man. late, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, it... Nothing against the kids. Like, everything against Gaius in this regard. Like, you just don't like your well, kids. Well, that's you. that's that's what the story is about, right? It's Gaius trying to re- redeem himself. It's the kids following in his footsteps and trying mm-hmm. to hold on to these ideals that he no longer has. Um... And, and Valens, on the other hand, also being obsessed with Gaius and, and trying to like model himself after Gaius. Um, I mean, as, as we learned, um, Valens was originally in the 14th Imperial Legion. He worked mm-hmm. for, for Nero. He worked under Nero. He was one of Nero's engineers. Gaius didn't even know who he was. Like Gaius is like, I've never seen or heard of this guy in my life. Who is this dude? Um, and, uh, Ali's like, yeah, he was in the 14th Legion and he was working for Nero and Gaius is like, oh yeah, that's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that creepy dude, that creepy <laughs> Hojo ass motherfucker. Really likes Cal- yeah. This reminds me of, this reminds me of the lion interview. Like, wait, who? who, who mm-hmm. you, oh, oh, yeah. Keep up the <laughs> it reminds me of, of Thanos being like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> that's Gaius. <Gaius's. laughs> that's exactly where I went with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, Gaius is, is responsible for that as, as well. You know, the reason that Valens is like, t- is taking these like non, um, non-Galian orphans under his wing is because he saw like Gaius doing that. And, and he saw the way that they like worshiped Gaius, the way he like instilled the, the, the sort of like leadership qualities that he had that Valens is clearly like very, very, you know, envious of that he doesn't have. Um, and he's got it all like twisted. He's literally, you know, torturing these kids because he doesn't have the the, the charisma um, to to kind of make them love him in the same way that they loved Gaius. Charisma is, yeah, certainly something he's lacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we come to find out, Livy was just as kind of fucked up against Gaius's kids too. This is a retcon. This is a hundred percent a retcon. Gaius, ARR Gaius, 2.0 Gaius was creepy as fuck towards Livia. He literally, he, there was literally the line, meet me in my quarters in one hour from Gaius, right? And, and us knowing that, that he was, that she was already his, basically his adopted daughter. Um, and she was obsessed Mm. with, with, with him and that it seemed like she'd been basically groomed. And then now they're trying to like, turn it the other way around and be like, no, Olivia was batshit crazy and was in love with him, wouldn't let anyone else near him. And I'm like, all right, I can accept that because I like guys. But this is what's happened. Like, people, people... No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Weren't we, like, under the impression in 2.0 that Livia was mm. still batshit about guys too? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, she was, she yeah. was obsessed with him, yeah. But it, it seemed like she was obsessed with him because he had groomed her, Right. Whereas now, I just think he slung some good dick. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just the thing, right? You know, it's his adopted daughter, and no, if no, he's slinging that's not some the good name dick, for that's his no penis. The thing is not. The that's name. no bueno. That's no bueno, right? That's no good. All right. Oh man, now you know, Airsbane isn't only the name of his sword, right? Um, <laughs> Man, that, that means being shot by Airsbane is much different. Uh, but but seriously, this is this is very obviously a case of You can't say um, that and then say but seriously. You know that, right? That, that's not gonna... 
that doesn't listen. Work. You can't just skirt listen. all responsibility listen. for that. Listen. You know that, right? Listen. Oh, after so after Rome Reborn, after Rome Reborn, I promise you that they had not decided whether or not they were going to bring Gaius back yet. Okay. The the <sighs> character that Gaius has become. You were sure. I was sure because I knew that if I said it loud enough, it would happen because that's how this game works, right? If, if, if I have a tantrum and say that I want this character to come back and, and it picks up enough traction, then we get what we want. We get what we ask for. Um, because Yoshida spoils us. Um, so that's what I was banking on. But the character that Gaius is now is a very different character to what he was. Right. In, in ARR, and that's not just because of the way that he's advanced, but they've also had to, like, you know, pedal it back a little bit and be like, oh, actually, he wasn't this creepy, evil dude. He was just, you know, idealistic and, um, you know, misunderstood and, uh, you know, hubristic and all that. And he was all of those things uh, as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, we can kind of see the threads there a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we learned about that with Olivia, and we also saw... Um, Retartan as well, briefly. Wait, wait, wait. Um, so to confirm, mm-hmm. to confirm, Retartan was the Billy Ray Cyrus Rogan, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, 100%. Um, and uh, what, 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 what else have we got here? I kind of um, <laughs> got off track with yeah, Elsa in here a little bit. I kind of derailed myself. <laughs> uh, I want to see you what, get back else, on this train. No, what else happens in in Whirlit? What else do we got? Burn out the bad, which everyone wants to do to us right mm. now after that yes. conversation. Yeah, right. Of course. Yeah. Um, Valens is is Hojo, right? Yeah, I mean, he's Lord Farquaad. Yeah, he's definitely he's Lord Farquaad, but he's also yep. yeah. He's he's ugly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's one hideous looking he, motherfucker. He's he's, make, he's definitely making some um, some Hildebrand faces. And mm-hmm. I um, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to to look like that. You know, after the last scene we got of him, like shirtless and muscly and sweating, there were a lot of people that were like, mm, "Okay, okay." And I just, I cannot imagine how those people in particular must have felt when he turned around. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like middle-aged and he's shit. Lord like... Farquaad, but tall. Yeah. Yeah. People aren't calling him Lord Farquaad because of what he does. It's because he looks like Lord Farquaad. <laughs> he's got the same haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like him as a villain. I really, I really like him. I remember, I, guys, I, if you, um, if you want really someone dead as a villain, it mm. usually means you're, you're you like them as a villain. Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, he is a villain. I I admit they're in terms of media, they're way better, well written villains, but he's yeah. a decent villain. Well, to to me, and I've been saying this all along. It seems like they're trying to set him up as the other side of the coin to to Gaius. And he's supposed to show Gaius everything, like, ugly and monstrous about who he was as a Legatus and, mm-hmm. and this, and this position that he was in. Um, and it's like, yeah, guys had, had the, you know, the, the charisma and all that, but this, this is the other side of it. The really, 
creepy, unsettling, monstrous side to that to that role is uh, is Valens. Um, hmm. And I'm really excited to see them uh, have have some confrontation. I really think Gaius has got to be the one that kills Valens. No, it's going to be Allie. It's gonna. You're gonna yeah, want it to be Gaius, but it's gonna be Allie. You really think it's gonna be Allie? There's a small percentage of me that. Well, no, he's not even gonna. I mean, Allie is already so. plotting to completely go against everything that we we set up. Where we're like, yeah, you know, just you know, hang low, you know, relax. And she's like, fuck that. She's gonna steal the no. G warrior and head the fuck out. Is what she's gonna do. She's mm-hmm. refused to tell us where the where the diamond weapon is. But she is. knows. She knows. She definitely she knows. knows. Yeah. She hundred percent knows. Yeah. She's a hundred percent stealing the G Warrior and going on her own. I have no doubt about the that. The perfect G Warrior. Yeah. Because we now mm-hmm. have a new engineer for G Warrior, so it'll be perfect, I think, by the time we get to Diamond. That's right, we do have another engineer in Warlet who is also working for, for Nero on the Ultimate Weapon. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, it's it's interesting. And the the um uh what's the the cure in Gaius' party? What's her name again? Um, Let me see if I can find it. I just reminded myself, like, I'm, this morning. I'm so, Severa. 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 Yeah. I can always remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been so focused on Vodolin and, you know, just having another Duskwide boy and how exciting that is that I, I kind of overlooked, um, Severa as well. So Severa was also part, uh, of the, the 12th Legion and she was at, um, she was at Alamigo. Yeah. Um, when we, uh, took Alamigo back. So she had not been with Gaius for very long. You know, it was only a couple of patches later that we came across Gaius in, in the burn, um, as Alpha. Mm-hmm. No, it seems like she hadn't been with him for much longer. Uh, but she was trying to get back to Whirlit when she, um, got there. Uh, we already learned about the, basically the, the plague that had hit Whirlit and how they hadn't, um, allowed any of the non-Galians to be treated. So her mother had died, um, and then basically she, you know, went wandering and ended up coming across uh, Gaius and and joining him. Yeah, they finally give us that little bit of backstory. Mm. I'm curious to see where these yeah. two go after everything's said mm. and done, because one of them's sticking around, and it already mm-hmm. seems like... Just to see Gaius dead. Yeah, and it mm. already seems like, uh, what's Vodolin? I can never pronounce his name, because yeah, yeah Vodolin. Yeah, um, it seems like he's already rethinking his deal in a sense. Of of, course. Yeah. Which was, which was an is. obvious really outcome. I don't think he is. He, he's, com- he reconfirmed it though in, in, yeah. in the story, in the storyline. He was like, yeah, I'm still sticking around just to see, like, is he going to back out of his deal? I feel like he just wants guys to be willing to go through with the deal and then I don't think he's going to kill him. Mm. I think that's, he just wants to see, cause if guys refuses, he'll probably want to kill him. And then if Gaius agrees, he probably won't. He's probably just, just a test of character at this point, more than anything else. Hmm. I think Gaius is 100% into it, though. Oh, like, Gaius wants nothing, nothing more than yeah. to have, like, a noble sacrifice. You know? Yeah, I, I completely yeah. agree. I think that's mm-hmm. what gets Gaius out of this quest line alive, is simply because he's 100% committed he's gonna to be the spread. idea. Yeah. The, the really interesting thing about Severa for me is... She, she has a third eye and we've noticed this before, but it's, it's like a dark sort of blue, almost black. Um, mm-hmm. and we'd never seen, we'd only ever seen like the, the white one, the one that all the other Galleons had. And we'd also been, been told that only Galleon purebloods have the vest, vestigial eye. 
Um, and, uh, we find out now that she basically has the same blood as, as Aaron Vold's, where she had a pure mother and a Galian pure blood father, right? Mm-hmm. And where Aaron Vold never grew the third eye, but his mother was so afraid that he was going to that she kept mutilating him. She has grown it, but it's like, it's different. Um, and that's, uh, that's really interesting. I wonder if it will come across, you know. That means more, it's a recessive um, gene, essentially. Yeah, yeah, it means it's a recessive gene. Um, but, but as a result, it means that basically the Hur looked at her as a Galian and the Galians looked at her as a, you know, non-Galian Hur. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. she ended up in a, in a similar situation to Fordola, you know, Fordola's parents being collaborators where she was hated by the Galians and hated by the Alamegans. It's kind of the same thing, but for uh, uh, a slightly different reason. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that makes her quite an interesting, quite an interesting character to me. Does that mean wonder... she's going to get thrown aside into a primal killing squad and never be seen again? Probably, unless you do the summoner <laughs> AD quest or read quest or read you know, text on the lodestone. We're, we're going to have to talk about Some those more. primal killing squads uh, when we get to the MSQ. Oh yeah, we are. They have not mm. been doing that we job. are going to see Fordola again very soon. I think I think I, that's uh, I hope so. I think that's a uh, guarantee at this point. We're gonna need them. Yeah. So we're gonna need all hands on deck. Yeah. Um, um with Worlet there... though, no, there is still one yeah. thing. Um we yeah. we get our on top of the burnout the bad and, and his punishment and forcing the oversoul of the diamond weapon, we do get to see exactly how they're going about testing the oversoul. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> He's a fucking dick, man. They're essentially yeah, promising fuck. people freedom or protection. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. This is your gift. Oh, thank you. Ooh. She got me Nika coffee grain whiskey. Ooh. Hey! Oh, 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 there you go. Oh, there man. There you go. Sly I'm jealous. Sly, Sly had been recommending it to me, too. Sly, it's me. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Still a mm-hmm. taste test at one in the afternoon. Good shit. Good shit. And <laughs> and the and the cube. Oh. And the cube. Hand claps. This is the crown, yeah. the crown royal glasses that came with the bottle that I ordered. I'm I've been using a Sailor Jerry's. Okay. Glass. It's pretty yeah. good. I like it. Okay. Derailing. No, we're good. We're good. Um, we're good. So you have alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. At one in the afternoon. So it's perfect for me. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, yeah, it's fucked up. The oversoul, the way yeah. they're testing oversoul. Um, we also get an idea of how they're fine tuning oversoul to be obedient. Again, the the kid's mm-hmm. plan not really coming to fruition because the oversoul for the diamond weapon is Xenos, which we kind of yeah. saw coming. We we Xenos and guys were two big ones on our like to watch mm-hmm. list for potential mm-hmm. oversouls. But we, we ruled out Xenos because we decided it would be a bad idea. Um, Valens has not right. decided that would be a bad idea yet, and he's going to yeah. find out very soon it's a bad idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, is he not paying attention to what's going on in the capital? Like, everyone's... That might be I, I, know, I know they've been man. trying to... I know they've been trying to pin the, the murder of, uh, of Varys on Gaius, yeah. but, like... They also they, know. <laughs> they also know, exactly. They know. I don't know how he thinks he's going to get an obedient Xenos. Yes, yes, Sly? Quick question. 
Are we absolutely 100% sure that Diamond is the final weapon? Yes. I mean, it's his, it's his crown. He's, they constantly talk about it being his ultimate, like, creation and how it's his, his, his crown jewel amongst the experiment and how it's the thing he needs. Like, it's, he's put all his cards (sighs) into this. At least under Valens, it's the last one. Mm-hmm. Because I was really thinking in, in the back of my head that there would be a Varus Ubersoul. No, nah, because we just fought Varus this expansion. We fought him. Already. I mean, yeah, we fought we fought him, but like Varus was under the impression he also isn't really as renowned for either of the things that Emerald or Diamond are. Like Gaius is the is the master strategist, and Xenos is the is the absolute maniac in terms of power. Mm-hmm. So, and see, that's what like, and, and they're bringing it up in chat, which is what I was thinking. Like, Diamond Nobody gives isn't a fuck about Jade Weapon. Ultimate. It's not, it's, it's no, no, no. Ultimate. Who cares? Not Ultima, Ultimate. I know. That. Uh, okay. Nobody All cares, right. though. All right. Fine. <laughs> Fine. It, I was just throwing something out there that, like, nobody really talked about because we're thinking that Diamond is the end all be all, but I. Look, it it might be that in future expansions we'll get another weapon that's kind of derivative of these in the same way that these are derivative of of uh of Ultima, who knows. But I think I think for this story, like it's gonna cap with diamonds. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you telling me that if you had to fight Xenos, Gaius, and Nail all at the same time, that that's not ultimate? <laughs> if they fucking digivolve and like transform and shit into one another and you've got all three of them at the same time, all in one machine, that that's not ultimate? I think I think you just pitched an ultimate. There you go. I, I sure did. They're going to DNA Digivolve mm. together. There you go. God. Mm. Like, that's a fucking you know, frightening prospect, if you think about it, if they were able to have multiple Oversouls at the same time. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe maybe... It could eat other oversouls in the same way that it can eat other primals, you know? Like, it's it makes ontologically sense. a similar thing. Yeah. Um, that would be interesting. Be an interesting concept. Um, I, I just couldn't help but think with the, the Xenos thing and, like, not being able to control a Xenos oversoul. And just harken back to Olympus, you know, summoning that simulacrum of Xenos for us to fight and being like, huh, that's weird. I have no control over that. Um, it's... It's just really like another another point of reference for Xenos' soul being something just way, way beyond anyone's understanding. Not to mention, he instantly goes to his obsession with the warrior of light. As soon as the oversoul is finished, yeah. Yeah. his obsession Where's with the warrior of light is the first yeah. thing that comes through yeah, his oversoul. Pretty. Yeah, God, it's creepy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah, that's, that's, that's troubling. We're going to have to make sure we absolutely burn that facility to the ground because if we end up being the Xenos and there's still, still somewhere, some like Xenos Orisai <laughs> hanging out, that's going to come back in like 7.5 and be like, mm, by the way, <laughs> no, please, 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 please. Yeah, I need, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's happened because Xenos is still a, a big mystery at this point. Regarding his mm-hmm. his lifelong apparently 
visions of the end of days. So, because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. normally that would mean you would awaken to the echo and everything, but he didn't. He his was artificial. So, well, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. Well, they're not, but uh, not everyone who sees it awakens, as we learned on the first. But yeah, he seems like one who may have, you know, y- you'd be surprised that he gets the vision in the first place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but Worlitz mm-hmm. got a lot of. Uh, Chapters. It's got one chapter to unfold, but it's got a lot of plot lines to unfold between Ali Valens, and I don't know that you can get all that done. It's kind of like with Basia, like it feels like there's no way that we're done with Gabronth by the time that's all done. Like there's almost, yeah. I, I don't see it possibly happening. But this is this okay. is kind of the same. I don't think Diamond Weapon going away automatically means Valens is done. But I mm. think they're going to try to push that. They're going to push I that. I think it does. Done. I think it does, but like it doesn't mean the end of the weapon project. As like, we learned with Black Rose, project. it's never the end because we were like, "Oh yeah, guys, destroy yeah. all that." And they're like, "No, we're we're fucking making more." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, so, yeah, I think we'll see. Like after Diamond, we'll see. We'll still continue to see the weapon project. I it. I think that. Yes, there there will still be, you know, some like vestiges, some threads of the weapon project. But I also think that they're trying to wrap up Legatus as like they're trying to wrap up Asians at the moment. Yeah, and that's like, the next conversation we'll be getting into momentarily. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, with with Whirlit, I'm super excited to see the final chapter mm. of that. We'll have that. Yeah, I'm predicting April will probably be our five point five if I had to take a shot in the dark from now. That's not a shot in the dark. I just added 16, 17 weeks to the fucking schedule we're on right now. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's high anticipation for me, especially because Ultimate would be two weeks delayed. So we get to do that. Like I get to just fucking dive in to whirl it immediately. Um, something mm-hmm. I, I actually don't think we're done with, um, that is our next topic, is Eden. Um, and that, uh, that was... I was really satisfied. Mm-hmm. So... I was talking okay. about this with everyone the other day. With with all of our raid stories, they've all been kind of backloaded. Coil, the very mm. first coil is very light. It just kind of teases you with, you know, the scale of everything. And you see Louis Swan yeah. Tail, but yeah. you don't really learn anything. You know, it's yeah. it's it's setting up it's setting up precedent. The second one takes you on a fucking journey at the very end with who you fight mm-hmm. and who shows up. And then the finale mm-hmm. is above all in terms of scale and, and work put into it. It's also our only fully, I don't not fully, but mostly voice acted raid tier of all time for eight mm-hmm. man raids. Um, other than boss dialogue, which this tier goes ham on by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexander's all backloaded. None of it makes sense until the very end. And Omega has no point until the very end. <laughs> so, uh, uh. Yeah, all right. I'll I'll let you have that. Once you know the end of Alexander, all of it pulls together. Like the beginning isn't mm. like any. It, it gets better because of the end, but it's all mm. it's all at once. But this mm. one has been like this, pretty much the whole time, with like spikes of like major information and like new understandings and and experiments and I mean, shit. Yeah, and that has ended with a what I find an overall satisfactory. Raid story. I won't rave or go go nuts about it, but I'm very happy with it. Okay. All right. 
What what about you, Sly? Are you satisfied with it? I mean, it definitely threw me for a loop. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, yeah, I'm satisfied. I'm content. Okay. Um, can, can we do this in, like, um, uh, sequential historical order? kind of sequential order? You mean, like, or, or... how we get to this plot line versus how yes. it happens? Okay. So, in other yes. words, you want can to start we, 100 years ago. You want to start 100 years yeah. ago. Okay. Much. Okay, yeah. yeah. Can I'll we... let you kick this off so we, so we can follow mind? your lead. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, 100 years ago. Aaron Vold and crew are, you know, resolving all these issues and becoming the warriors of... Ardbert. Sorry, Aaron Vold. I said Aaron Vold. Ardbert. Ardbert and crew are fighting uh, ultimately against two Asians, Mitron and Logriff. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the Shadowkeeper. Um, and we saw a recreation of that fight, and that was pretty cool. I and we'll come to that. I'm so fucking glad we saw that. Thank God. Me too. I was really happy to see that. But we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. Um, okay. Now, Mitron and Logreef, in order to destroy Ardbert, um, were forced to do the fusion dance in the same way that Lahabra and Igeom did in Heaven's Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically, in classic Warrior of Light fashion, Ardbert hit him with a blade of light. And it had some unforeseen uh, side effects, let's say. They obviously didn't use a white or a sight or, or anything like that. Um, but uh, basically, it killed Logriff outright. She was dead. Her soul went back to the live stream. Um, it wasn't kind of, you know, destroyed, destroyed, but she died. And Mitron... His body was filled with so much light ether, so much like umbrally charged, like light aspected ether from the blade of light that he became a sin eater. The first sin eater. The first sin eater. Very first. So in, in the same way as, as basically what Emmett Selk wanted to do to us, where we got pumped full of so much ether that we turned into, you know, uh, a, a light warden that was going to like allow him to cause the, the flood of light, get that rolling again. Basically, Ardbert accidentally did that to Mitron. Um, what, whatever happened exactly, we, we know from, you know, other like dialogue later on in this, quest that um basically the first has always been like dangerously close to light that's something basically what happened with the void when they tip the scales there yeah that like, one was dangerously close first... to dark this one was dangerously close to yeah, dark. yeah 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 the first was like the other end of the the other end of the scale right so it was already like massively over aspected to light so something something between that between the Asian prime form that they'd taken uh just this whole like um combination of these effects meant that rather than being destroyed, Mitron transformed into this giant monstrous sin eater and just immediately like started causing the flight of light. Um, so Ardbert and crew, they got dragged over to Eorzea by Elidibus and then very soon after Minfilia jumped back to the first and stopped the flight of light. What she was actually doing was she was stopping Mitron. Um, which had become Eden. And, you know, slapping it hard enough that 
it was, you know, put in into stasis, was, you know, shut down, like whatever you want to call it. Um, and the last hundred years, Mitron has been kind of stuck there, like barely conscious, just barely like hanging on to his sense of self that he's been able to like, uh, like whisper out. Um, and nearly a hundred years later, Logriff is reborn into another body, which we know of as, as Gaia, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, Mitron, particularly once we start reversing the flood of light, once we start bringing the night back and, and stop, um, uh, basically start bringing the darkness back, stop the first from being so massively, overwhelmingly aspected towards the light, Mitron's voice gets a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger. He becomes a little bit more conscious, a little bit more cognizant. He can whisper a little bit louder in Gaius's ear until it gets to the point where he's actually able to like influence her and, and take control of her. Um, and when we go and activate Eden, um, and we realize that we can use as this, as this kind of terraforming device to like draw the ether out of the land and repolarize it and put it back in. What we're actually doing is fixing Mitron's body, right? We're fixing his ether and a little bit of it is getting back into the land, but mostly it's just like going to him. Um, and then Mitron is able to exercise enough control of a guy that he basically takes control of her and sends her to, to capture Gaia, right? Yeah. Um, what's actually interesting for me about this is the exact moment where you can kind of tell Mitron could actually reach out is as soon as we beat mm-hmm. it in Prime. Yeah. As soon as we literally overcome that, that thing that took over his consciousness, his mind mm-hmm. branched out and then immediately Voidwalker. That's it. Like mm-hmm. it's it's the return there is is pretty good. It brings a lot more uh, emphasis on that first encounter, which everyone was so surprised about. You know, oh, we're fighting mm-hmm. Eden Prime first. Why are we fighting Eden Prime first? And there's mm-hmm. suddenly uh, sort of a realization of what that actually meant in the grand scheme of things for Mitron. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Um, I like yeah. the payoff. And and of course um, the uh, the the fairy that they're talking about. Yeah. And the, what, what, what's the name of it? The, um, Idol of Darkness? Yeah. That's also Mitron. Yeah. That's, that's Mitron being able to project himself in a very, very limited capacity outside of his body. Um, and again, his, his whole, uh, plan was to, uh, basically take, take control of his own body and pilot his own body to, you know, like restore it. Um, with, uh, yeah, with that ultimate goal in mind. Yeah. And it also explains why you can control Sin Eaters, as chat brings up. Mm-hmm. Why was the Idol of Darkness able to control them? It's because he's the first. He's, he's the progenitor. Well, he was, well, we got an explanation for that actually with the Idol of Darkness is that it was using astral ether to attract them. Yeah. Right? Is that we know, we know the Sin Eaters, the reason why they're going to Novrant to feed rather than just hanging out in the empty is because, like, in, in the same way that Void Scent needs, like, living ether, the Sin Eaters need ether that is not just pure, like, light, umbral, static. They need ether that has some, um, like, astral aspect to it so that they can stay alive and stay, like, moving, um, and not just be, you know, statues or 
puddles of goo or whatever the the alternative would be. So um, yeah, Mitron is kind of like using that to like manipulate them and direct them around and uh, and all of that. Um, but uh, yeah, the the result is that as we're going around restoring the empty, we're restoring Mitron, and where we think that we have like put enough repolarized ether back into the land that it'll like spread beyond it, it it doesn't. It actually and in this final die. chapter, yeah, in this final chapter, we come back and we see that. Yeah, right. It's, it's starting to die and we're kind of speculating why that, why that might be. Um, the penny doesn't drop yet. Like we don't realize that it's something about Eden. They, um, Gaia was basically like, Oh, it's probably got something to do with that final encounter and the fact that you basically turn into Heidelin. <laughs> and that, that ether subsequently that we put back into the land was like massively over aspected to light. Um, and kind of like reversed a lot of this. So what we're going to do is we're going to go and try and put some dark ether. We're yeah. going to try and like help reverse that polarity. You got to admit, regardless <laughs> of whether she was being manipulated, it makes perfect sense. That's yeah, I mean, it's a completely like Urian J. I think would have come to the exact same conclusion. I feel, conclusion. and if he <laughs> thinks it, everyone should think it. You know, I can't help but I, I really, I really feel like. Orianje was pulling a massive prank this whole time. You know? He's always oh pulling a massive prank. Because he was, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. As soon as we see it, as soon as we see it, he's like, oh, that's the first Sin Eater. And we're like, Orianje, what the hell do you mean by that? And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's, it's just, you, you'll see. You'll figure it out. All right? I, I believe in you guys. You'll figure it out. It's the first Sin Eater, all right? Little did you know, um, he actually attained that tome. Back in like Heaven's Word, mm-hmm. it was like, "Hey, by the way, this is what happened on the first. And he's like, "Huh? They're going to be really surprised. I know this. I'm not going to tell them anything though. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. I'll keep that for later." Yeah, exactly. He knows. He always knows. And then when uh, when uh, Rain is like, "Oh, I'll I'll help uh, channel this ice ether with my light powers," Orianje is just like, <laughs> "Yeah, all right, <laughs> okay, yeah, you go do that, yeah." Great idea. That'd be good. Yeah, we'll be gone by the time you have to deal with that. So thanks. Good yeah. luck. Cool. Cool, good cool, luck. cool, 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 cool. Yeah, great. Stupid. Oh, jeez. He knew the whole time. He knew the whole he time. Really I can't wait to go back and tell him. You know what? Can you talk to Thancred or Urian J anywhere? Just like, no? No. Nope. That'd actually be no, really... I'm don't. curious to see if... Because I feel like if we could, then it'd probably be some text. messages, though. That's the thing. Like, we can... Like, I think they've gone radio can... silent. Yeah. I, I think I think we're concerned about like a link pearl transmissions being intercepted and stuff like that when people tend to go yeah. that far north. Yeah. However, they did bring up the fact that you know, you know, Logriff is an Asian and she can go mm. wherever the fuck she wants to go. So, in it's a possibility theory. that she can, yeah, in theory that there's a possibility that she can come to the the source. I mean, it's a time. Yeah, she has to come to the source. <laughs> Yeah. No, never forget that Titania can at least in our dreams come to the to the source. May not maybe not physically, mm-hmm. but in our dreams. She that's how she talked to Tataru. So she reached Well out she's to a she's an ethereal being. Yeah, so she can just uh, do whatever the fuck she wants. They I I, I should the say the are, yeah, the Fayar. Yeah. They can just show Where, up and just be like, Fuck it, hey, what's up, man? You got a party going on here? Mm-hmm. What's going on in Mordona? Y'all wanna be trees? What's up? Gaia, Gaia could come 
to the source if she gave up her body and as you know assigned her soul to a crystal of darkness or a crystal of light that's that's how they do it that's the only way to do it and you know ring could too she's got the echo it's uh that's the prerequisite that's the sacrifice that has to be made does um, she have the echo i don't know that's your ring i don't know if she's ever used i mean obviously Manphilia yeah. had it but oh, other than having the blessing of Manphilia, i don't know could she ever she ever used yeah. it like we've never, I don't think we've ever. Seen I don't know. That. I don't know if she's ever if she's ever used it, but she's got like yeah, she's got it. She's got it. You're muted, Sly. We we assume. Yeah, she said she's never heard. I mean, she's only spoken of Manfilia. To be fair, she's never heard Highland's voice, but that's because Highland doesn't have a voice. Manfilia mm. yeah, is Highland Highland's doesn't... voice. <laughs> yeah, but now well, she <laughs> did have a voice, Highland's but she voice. doesn't Where? anymore. She had a voice. Heidelin she lost it. Have a voice. She used to, but she doesn't. And then it was Menphilia. Heidelin just, we heard it during that, like, re, uh, we don't really know how to judge the whole showing of the final days thing and hearing Heidelin. Mm-hmm. We really don't know how mm-hmm. to judge because last we were told she couldn't speak. And that's why she needed Menphilia to be the voice of the mother. And now and Menphilia is mm-hmm. gone. So us hearing that speech is probably just asking bullshittery. The hear, mm-hmm. feel, think thing. But. That's why I don't believe Green yeah, has the egg. I'm I don't think just because she was, Minfilia was, you know, a part of her. I don't think. Yeah, okay. Automatically maybe maybe, maybe that is a leap. Maybe yeah. that is a leap. Yeah, that's my only. Um, but um, I mean, yeah, that's 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 neither here nor there. Um, so where are we at? Yeah, okay. We're trying to we're trying to repolarize the ether in the empty, and we think, mm-hmm. oh well, you know, it would be great if we had like a a darkness primal to do that. Right. See, uh, we actually predicted this on this show a long time ago. We didn't predict Cloud of yeah. Darkness. We thought they were going to use Bahamut because he's mm-hmm. aspected to darkness. Astral, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was something yeah. we actually predicted. We just got the boss wrong. So, mm-hmm. good to see that actually was brought in and, and made the kind of the answer to yeah. the problem here. Well, at this point, I was a little bit disappointed because I really had my heart set on the like plot twist of using Eden to help restore the void, right? The idea that we had, you know, mm. what is in essence a terraforming machine. Yeah. We've got all of this light ether here that we need to, you know, do something with. Hey, maybe if we pick that up and dump some of that in the voids, then maybe that would start to like restore the void. And that maybe the uh, void walker was an attempt by the Asians to kind of take control of Eden so that they could go and do that. Right, and that that was their plan, because they need to restore the void to be able to rejoin it, and that maybe we would kind of like see eye to eye there, and like be able to set our differences aside, maybe with Mitron and or Logriff, and like be like, all right, this is in both of our interests. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that that we we see that starting to happen in another quest line, which we'll come to, yep. which I was very very glad and relieved to see, but that was originally like what I was hoping to happen with Eden. But that's not the case. We we make a, a a primal, you know, a simulacrum of a darkness aspected entity. Um, and I guess because like we haven't necessarily fought Bahamut, right? Yeah. Whereas Cloud of Darkness is mandatory. Yes. Yeah. Um, I you you could have gone with Nidhogg as well. Like in Nidhogg, all of his stuff is very like you know darkness astral aspected. Uh, kind of shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, 
We went I mean, with it could have been Diablos, it could have been, but I think Cloud yep. of Darkness, because Cloud, I think you're right in the sense that Cloud of Darkness being mandatory and mm-hmm. being literally Cloud of thing we need. Yeah. Just right there in the <laughs> night. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it makes, it makes sense. I, I, a lot of people kind of figured that was probably the reason she showed up. We, we floated the mm-hmm. idea of us going again. I think out of, on, out of the hope that Eden would be partially used in the story of the, of the, the 13th. Uh, yeah, but that was the other logical standpoint. Other people were projecting that it's probably to restore darkness, and that ended up being mm-hmm. a prediction that that held true. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know why we remember her being uh, that scantily clad, um, other than it's another, it's already used in another Final Face game. She was a giant being, a face that just went. Yeah, that was yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Rena and then Rena and Guy we were, were like, so she was hot. Man. Okay, she was hot. Got it. Yeah, she. We, we were just horny on main. That's all. That's all we were. That's all it was. Yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we did it with Rama. We did it with Titan. Like we just can't can't hold it together, <laughs> can we? Yeah. And funny thing we, with Garuda, we remember oh, exactly. <laughs> with Garuda, I, I they're like, listen, don't listen. I, I can't get the details Garuda. exactly right, but. I got that one for the most part. She had a part. nice rack. And then with Ifrit, they're like, nah, put him on, put, I don't need him on all fours. Just make him stand up. He needs to be hot too. I think, yeah. I think the fact that the Warrior of Lies never had any romance options in the game is really starting to like, make it tall. Not that he hasn't had lack yeah. of options. He's just, he or yeah. she is just oblivious to everyone who's mm. interested in them. Xenos mm. is holding out, uh, you know, they're holding out for, mm. for, for Xenos at this point. Aye, aye, aye. And then Leviathan, uh, like, I can't fix that. Just two heads. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, we 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 do that. We repolarize mm-hmm. um, a bunch of that ether and dump mm-hmm. it back in. And then Mitron's like, "Oh, this darkness." Mm. Mmm, thank you. Yummy, yummy. Is that what he does? He rubs his darkness? Like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, and he's finally strong enough to be able to, like, project his form and hold a conversation with us. And, uh, yeah, then he, he kind of, like, starts to explain things. He's like, hey, what's up? And at that point, it's very, very obvious. I think that Gaia is Logriff. Um, I don't know if anyone was kind of surprised, like at the end when we found out that that was in fact the case. No, as soon as Semi he shows surprised? up and he says, "Oh, you don't remember?" I'm like, "Oh." Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was kind of like uh, in 5.3 when you you have the book with the Warrior of Light. You're instantly like, "Oh, oh, I see, yeah. I see what it's doing." <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much the exact same uh, thing. Yeah, and in order to well, okay, so so here's the problem. When an Asian dies, uh, its soul is recycled and reborn somewhere else at some other time. Uh, the Asians identify it. They, they find that person. They identify it. They like kidnap them or whatever. And they use those little zodiac stones, those crystals that Emmett and Lahabrea made, um, to restore, uh, some of their memories, some semblance of self. It's not, it's not their memories. It, again, we need to remember it's the recordings of like the three unsundered. They've, they've like written down like everything that they can remember and kind of put them in these crystals and kind of use that to like give them some uh, sort of, you know, 
simulacrum of their old personality. Um, but they, they don't have those anymore because Emmett Selk's gone. Uh, so Logriff doesn't, doesn't have that option. Um, Mitron can't, can't do that for her anymore. So his idea is to suppress and basically destroy all of Gaia's memories and then start to replace them with other, other images, other ideas. Um, and ultimately that he would kind of do the Axiom Prime thing again and that she would get access to all of his memories of her as a result and that that would kind of like bring her back to herself. Yeah. But we also find out that they have had like this romantic interest, you know, in, in the, the, the pre-sundered world and that as a result that has kind of carried through like every iteration of theirs. They've always kind of like redeveloped these, these feelings for each other. Um, and so as a result, Mitron, when he joined with her as Asian Prime, that was just like so good. He was way into that. And that's, that's all he really wanted to do again. That was his ultimate goal. Yeah. Was to, to be with her. Speaking of, um, Mitron, Anthos, I, I kind of had a question in regards to Mitron. Um, mm-hmm. well, in regards to most Asians that we've seen this far. Mm-hmm. And knowing what we know now in, in Shadowbringers, uh, specifically mm-hmm. the information that we find out in academia. Okay. Like, why, why do we never see, when we see our, when we see Mitron, mm-hmm. like from what we know in the academia editor, Mitron was in, like his devotion, his study was to ichthyology, mm-hmm. to fish. Mm-hmm. Why did we never see that come out in the actual like story? Or... <laughs> what you want him to like? You you want to fight him and have him just like spamming sardine? <laughs> not, not spamming sardine, but like I would like to see something rel- relegated to his study, like yeah. you know, to his creation magic. Yeah, like I mean, okay. So the thing is, he he was an expert in like ichthyological creation magics, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Emmett Selk and Laha Brayer and Elidibus were not, right? Yeah, so La it's kind of, it's kind of like phantomology. So like, yeah, but they're but, memories of him. Exactly. So they can't yeah, match yeah, what he was yeah. able to do. Yeah. E- exactly. So, so if, if your best friend has got like a PhD in <laughs> physics, right? And, and you're trying to like write their biography without being able to interview them because they are already dead. Mm-hmm. You and, and then give that to someone else and be like, "Hey, read this and do your best to become this person." That person is not going to be anywhere near, you know, that Fair. level. Of, yeah, that's kind of how Fair. I would think of it. But that, that that is a really interesting question. Perhaps it's like a, a bit of a missed opportunity to give them a little bit more flavor, isn't it? Yeah, and, but and, it yeah, also makes sense within like, the world. If they're if mm-hmm. they're gonna throw like all these like if they're gonna throw anders at us in like their like the words of Metron, the words of Helmarut, the words of Lahabrea. They're going to throw all this lore at us. Like, why not fucking use it? Mm-hmm. I think it's better that it's this way. It's more consistent with how yeah. the, how the memory crystals are created. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I think it's really important for us to remember that like, apart from the three unsundered, these are all different people. They were all completely different mm-hmm. people that lived their own lives, like up to the point where they were, 
you know, kidnapped by the Asians and kind of forced into, into this role, you know, because mm -hmm. those three are just unable to let go of, of the past. Or they were, um, now they're fucking dead. Now they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so Metron, um, takes Guy out and basically confronts us with another simulacrum. Um, the effect of which he, he hopes is twofold. I mean, the main effect is, you know, rule of cool and fan service and us getting to like see a fight against the Shadow Keeper, obviously. But he's like, all right, Igayom and I were witnessing this. This was like something that we did together and this was like a part of like our plan. So maybe if I present her with this image, that'll start to like, you know, help move things along. And also I'm going to try to use it to kill the rest of you jabronis. Yes. And that was also thankfully yeah. in line with the predictions when we saw the Deep Shadow Sword, because we knew mm -hmm. from the quest yeah. line that Scylla had a Deep mm -hmm. Shadow Sword. Um, yes. So the consistency there we, is appreciated. We also knew, and, and speaking of consistency, I, I really enjoyed this, the the gnolls in uh, Lakelands, those little like wolf creatures, yeah. mm -hmm. they were elves. Yep. That were transformed by the Shadow Keeper. They're basically like werewolves. Um, she already had that that power. Um, and it seems that power was in a way given to her by the Asians. But you've also got to remember that um, the Warriors of Light from the 13 Shards were using Aurasites, um, basically to transform themselves, presumably. They were, they were using it to, like, capture and store, like, primals. And then those primals started to, like, bleed out and influence them. And then they transformed, mm -hmm. yep. and they became the first void sense. Um, so it's possible that this power that Silver has is like harkens back to that, and this is a result of that. And this is kind of her like Lucavi form in a way. Yeah. Um, we don't know that for sure, but it's like a, an interesting kind of thing to, to ruminate. Uh, according but, to Jack Neutron states that that was given to her by mm -hmm. the Asians. Which, to be fair, yeah. that actually is still in line with your prediction because that, yeah. that was them trying to re, to do a rejoining and it just went yeah. horribly awry. Yeah. They, so it's they still in line with presumably, it. Yeah. They, they presumably gave the Aurasite to the Warriors of Light on the 13th shot. Yeah. Um, they were, you know, manipulating all that. Uh, but yeah, so, so the second fight there is a recreation, um, of the fight, you know, um, immediately after the cutscene that we see in the final role quest where they confront Silver. Um, it's a recreation of the fight between Arbit and his companions and Silver as the Shadow Keeper. Um, so that was awesome. That was really cool. Yeah. But obviously it didn't work. No, and what results afterwards is Mitron and Logriff, Asian Prime, the whole thing you described earlier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm, man, it was just, there's so many things that come together. Every boss kind of makes sense in their own kind of fucked up way, and breaking apart how mm -hmm. each of the bosses in Eden makes sense, especially the final one, which I can't wait to get to. Um, mm -hmm. is, is particularly, I don't know, there's a lot that goes into this and where you talked about having to retcon things with Livia and Gaius and Worlet, everything here has a line that can be drawn on the chalkboard, pretty much, mm -hmm. and it's satisfying from uh, from somebody who follows the story. I might get it wrong every Arizibia, but I follow it. Listen, I can enjoy it. I just <laughs> when you ask me next time, I won't remember. <laughs> 
<laughs> It'll be the one thing I don't remember. So, like you said, this doesn't work, and uh, that does not make Mitron happy. <laughs> no. So, Mitron decides he's done playing things by, you know, anything but force. So he's like, listen, mm-hmm. just fucking get in here, and I'll figure the rest out later, okay? Mm-hmm. So he forces an Asian Prime fusion with, yes. with Gaia at this point. And then has the brilliant idea of using Reen's memories to create something that can deal with us. Mm-hmm. Double dream, daddy. Triple. Because Innocence yeah. is in there, too. Valthry is in there, too. Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. The primal of daddy issues. It's hey. the primal of way too many, <laughs> way too many different male influences is what it is. Yeah. That is so perfect. Thank you, Epis. That it's is so fuck, perfect. It's fucking creepy, man. It's real creepy. It's, I was gonna, yeah. I, but the thing is, I refuse to call him anything but Fanjeet. I won't call yeah. him like Fangenesis or something like that. I won't do it. I, I or Fan Rancredescence? Ran, no, because I think you have to go with Vothery instead of Innocence. Because the reason uh, why he's called Innocence is because he, he was born a Sin Eater, so he has no sins kind of thing. Uh, so you got to go with Vothery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, just going aside from lore, that was a great third boss. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll agree. I'll agree. It uses yeah. the jail from the trailer, which I appreciate. And we see it briefly mm-hmm. in, I think, one cutscene throughout Shadowbringers early on. Um, mm-hmm. The Final Fantasy VIII music feels quite fitting to this. And then it's literally Thancred, Vothri, and, and Ranjit. Ranjit all in one boss. And it's just really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's all Reen's thoughts. It's all lore that we've explored. It's all, it all comes together. Everything makes sense. Every attack makes sense. Every, everything comes together there. I just appreciate it. There's not much to really break apart from it because it's literally just Reen's memories put together. Yeah. So from yeah. a story mm-hmm. aspect, it doesn't really add much other than filling a boss. But although all this stuff about like channeling people's memories, like forcing people's memories, and also like specifically her like fears and hopes, um, giving that form, forcing that to take form as something that the Asians can do um, under you know, certain special circumstances is something that is feeding into the MSQ. Yes. So that's important. And very, we will get there. Very important. Yes, we will yeah. get there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if, you, if either of so, you have anything so to add about primal that. Of, the primal of daddy issues. That's what I'm Yeah, the primal of daddy issues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what he is. I don't know if you have um, anything else and, to add into this. Other than it's still interesting yeah. to see that it, despite being created to destroy us, he still is actually just trying to protect Reen. Like the old, the, mm-hmm. the yeah, being's that's, ultimate that's goal, machine. yeah, and all be all, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's uh, yeah. it's quite it, it's good to see that specifically Thancred's, I guess, consciousness is, seems to be the primary consciousness of that being, and not just his face. Can you really say that? Because Ranjit kind of had the same thing in the end, sort of, but like in a fucked up kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's the idea that, like, her hopes overcome her fears. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. It, that very sort of, like, poetic thing is that this monster that's an amalgamation of both, it's the the good side that wins out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Reem, thank you for not becoming... The last time you got involved, you became a mini Heidelin and almost caused a second flood of light. A little bit better this time. Um, you had to kill a fucking teenager. 
Yeah. A naked teenager. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I also like them using in the earlier scene when they talk about uh, Thancred's gunblade that he left behind Farin. That I mean, it shows up exactly in that memory. Like you'd expect it to, but yep. it's, they do the zoom in on it. So when you see it later, you kind of can pull apart like what it means to her and, and that specific how specific compared mm-hmm. to everything else. It's very detailed. The exact weapon in terms of how she perceives it and how her memories, how it is in her memories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then now, now this is interesting and, and it, it brings up the question of whether or not Mitron is tempered, um, or whether, whether he's not tempered and has his own agenda or whether he's just trying to like do the, the Zodiac agenda in a very like strange, unique novel way. Roundabout way. Yes. Yeah. That's but this also, this it, also. Yeah. This also ties into like the Ultimisha references. Oh, there's a where, lot of them. <laughs> yeah, where where oh, where time. where Mitron's ultimate goal ends up being like, I want to rejoin everything, not not just the shards. I want to rejoin all of space and all of time into one moment, one perfect moment with me. And, and my bay logriff, and that's all that exists, and everything is that, and nothing is anything else. Um, so that that's kind of the stake there, and that's what um, Eden's promise is trying to become. Um, mm-hmm. And as for the form it takes, we got to remember that yes, it's it's an Asian, it's an Asian Prime. Asian Prime, we we already you know fought one, and overwhelmingly you know of like darkness aspect and all that. We gotta remember that it's got like the darkness in it, it's got all the light from Eden, and it's got all of these different elements that we've now figured that we were not restoring back to the land so much as we were just like empowering Eden with. So it's this kind of super powered entity that at, at its, at its core is a couple of, you know, sundered and relatively weak Asians, but has absorbed a massive, massive amount of ether from various parts of uh, of the first and also, you know, from all of the light ether that it absorbed to become, you know, this, this light one effectively. So yes. like a massively, massively, massively powerful entity. Now, one of my favorite things right off the bat, and this doesn't become apparent until you kind of finish the encounter, but, uh, the mm-hmm. design is actually quite close to that of Artemis, which will play into uh, what we eventually find out that Mitron's non-seeded name, much like Hades was mm-hmm. in itself, is actually Artemis. And then in some translations, it's Artemisia, which is mm-hmm. one of the translations for Ultimisia. So it like loops yeah. all the way back around to get to yeah. the reference yeah. for Ultimisia here, both in appearance and in name for Mitron. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's one of those you have to go really deep to get to that Ultimisia reference with Eden's mm-hmm. promise. Not not so deep and savage. <laughs> no, that's, that's that's a whole different story. There, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's but it's it's they put a, again. I can't stress enough how much Eden goes into using memories to put very specific details into these different things, and also still wanting to pay homage to old Final Fantasies. It's a very original take on 
something that is familiar to Final Fantasy. And that's what I wanted to see. After Omega, that's kind of what I wanted. You know, Omega was literally, ah, fuck it, they're from, who cares? You know? And mm-hmm. this is, this is an, a very original vision on something, it would subvert expectations while still being exactly what everyone expected it to be. Yeah, so. they did a, a really, really good job with it, for sure. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, we defeat Mitron. Um, and the, the interesting point here is that with, with Metron dead now, we don't have to like stick him in white or a sight and hit him with a blade of light and grind him into dust because there's, there's no one left to put him back on that seat to turn him back into an Asian. Yeah. Which um, means he's so now endlessly just... going to cycle through lives basically because yeah. at, at his core, he's still, you know, a sundered, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, I wonder if you never reseated. It's weird. The idea of your soul, I guess, repeating the cycle. I guess it's just that it's, mm-hmm. it's like a kind of it's a recessive like trait. Like you've still held on to like some of the original unsundered. It's kind of like how Ardbert people project was probably a piece of Asim's sundered soul. I suppose, kind of mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting that you know we we are not going to necessarily need Orianger to keep. <laughs> producing white orosite for us um and there's you know the the nice moment where um you know when as they're kind of like joined um and gaia has some you know semblance of logriff's memories of her identity they have you know a nice moment there and logriff is like i'll i'll always remember you and then guys immediately like who the hell was that guy (laughs) (laughs) I was, that was so, that was so rough. <laughs> that, that was a little bit dirty, I feel. That was a little yeah. bit dirty. Uh, um, the encounter uh, itself also uh, has a lot of great moments. Uh, as much as people don't like mm-hmm. having that every time you want to do E12, you got to do that long string mm-hmm. of memories there. But you get to see mm-hmm. some of the events that happen in between our mm-hmm. uh, our experiences with Eden, the coffee biscuits that they talked about. Little details yep. that we've gotten, mm-hmm. you know, splitting one and the then being ice. like, that was really good. Let's split another. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. why didn't we order one each? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Guy and her common sense here. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the lipstick, the ice crystal, all those things. Um, and especially mm-hmm. considering these raids aren't voiced, uh, like the actual story quests aren't voiced, uh, getting these moments voiced is, uh, a kind of a little extra treat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it. It, yeah, it was a, it was a really cool fight. You know, the diegetic storytelling all the way through Shadowbringers has just been absolutely phenomenal with with every fight, with every encounter, with every dungeon. Um, and this, um, you know, like I, I found the the boss like E twelve. A lot of people were a little bit like underwhelmed by it and the spectacle that we've kind of come to expect from a from a final boss of of uh, a raid mm-hmm. series. Um, obviously, like Savage, you know, makes up for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it was really, it was really great. It was really sort of a nice kind of poignant ending. Yeah. Like so I said, this, to say you, like this. You, I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, no I mean, ahead. I'm just reiterating. Same thing. It's like this though. It's, it's consistent. It's, it's got yeah. its moments. It's got its, its ups and then sometimes downs, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. very level the whole time. Mm-hmm. It tells a story and it gets to the point, the end of it while still sprinkling in other things that are important or things that we've related to the MSQ. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of game features, it's safe to say you both would be amenable to more 
you know, voice lines within always. Of course. Not only raid, yeah. but you know, within always. a raid story. Yeah, always. Yeah. I mean, Coil's yeah. a great example of how much having the voice. Like when when Alice and Alphano are talking to the tempered Louis Swa, and then the you know mm-hmm. before he finally passes Louis, that's a huge moment mm-hmm. in Coil. And if that wasn't yeah. voiced, that scene but it was it was a big moment. Yeah, yeah, I remember mm-hmm. it. So look no further than that to see what having the having a fully voiced raid story would do, both in eight mans and twenty four mans, as unfeasible as they may you know say it is given their schedule. It, when mm-hmm. even just mm-hmm. how much storytelling is done with the voices in the actual fights, I mean the store the trailer for the patch literally has the E twelve boss voice lines. It has her in rage with farewell mm-hmm. servant of light, and then it has the very first line that she speaks, which is. You know, we shall draw your memories from you, which we kind of predicted, but, you mm-hmm. know. Well, fuck, why couldn't we get Shadowkeeper fucking voice? I would have loved that. Oh, people are waiting for, for, for Scylla. Yeah. Voice, yeah. yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. God. Well, you know, like, voice acting is, is one of those things where it, it's, um, it's an issue of prioritizing both budget and, True. you know, developmental bandwidth. Um particularly when you're trying to, like, have a pretty fast turnaround for patches. Mm. Uh, but, you know, 14's demonstrated, again, like, even back in Call, you don't need every cutscene to be voiced. It's not like, sure. it's not an all, it's not an all Roller or nothing. Has made it's that like, obvious. I mean, well, I feel <laughs> yeah. like that, but at the same time, I feel like there are certain moments, certain things exactly. that they really miss the mark on yeah. in terms of voice acting. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And those scenes all that happen in normal mode. I mean, even in Savage, which is not canon, but is still the Mm -hmm. the canon Mm -hmm. explanation for Savage existing here is also a little bit better than in previous ones. Mm -hmm. Where uh, you know, with Alexander it's like, I remember that. And then with Omega it's like simulating battle conditions, you know, and then this is like it's actually Mm -hmm. The story explanation is that it's literally a memory crystal. Every time it's a discovered memory crystal. Yeah, it's Mitron's memory crystals, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that are found, um, and his embell and his embellishments, as opposed to something like you know mm-hmm. the wandering minstrel, um, mm-hmm. and they have conversations around it when you go to unlock Savage, and it's it's quite well done for mm-hmm. this. I feel like that's never going to happen again. I feel like this is the only Savage explanations that's ever going to be like that. I guess in depth, but it could be wrong. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, well, speaking speaking of memory crystals, um, with Mitron dead, uh, Gaia. Mm-hmm. Has no memories left. That's all been deleted. Yeah. And the thing that was kind of feeding her the logriff identity is also gone. So she's, you know, completely, she's just gone. She's completely catatonic. Her mind is, is lost. Um, and it turns out that, you know, that little, uh, Chekhov's gun that we knew was going to come back in the form of that little Shiva crystal. Um, you know, a pretty common quality of crystals that we know of and we've known for a very long time is that they can, uh, store memory is that memories can be imprinted on them. Um, and it seems that that's exactly what it was doing. It was uh, taking an imprint of, of memories of her time with, with Reen, and that was enough to sort of, like, bring her out of this comatose state and uh, and back to herself, which was cute. It's very Final I Fantasy. Guess. It's literally yeah. copied right from Final Fantasy VIII, almost that entire end. Yeah, it was, shot, it was shot for shot, shot, for shot actually. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen seen that video, but there's um. I played uh, that game, game. as soon as she started walking. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I didn't need to see a side by side. I knew I played that game yeah. enough times. Yeah, 
There's yeah, there's a, there's a video like breaking it down. It's literally like shot for shot, side by side. Um, it's really really nice. Um, yeah. And the end result is the empty will has is now fully sprouting life. Like ultimately, Mitron's mm. defeat. They they know that. It, yeah, I, I was kind of wondering about that because you can see like in the distance, there's like green hills and stuff. Yeah. It, it hasn't restored everything, but it's doing what it's they wanted, in, where it's yeah, gradually yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and I was gonna say, yeah. like, if you if you are in Armoring and you go to the edge to see outside of you know the crack of yeah, of the it's way, still the empty. Yeah, it's still the empty, mm-hmm. and that's the whole point. It was never supposed to happen instantly. It was just mm-hmm. supposed to. It was the idea was to create a focal point with which it could travel mm-hmm. outward to expand. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. to expand. But yeah. that's very so, much become a reality by the end of the story, yeah. and it's and just like we kind of expect with the initial with the initial reveal of Eden, it was literally the garden from eight, which is where the end mm-hmm. scene takes place, and it's a single like mm-hmm. thing popping out of the ground, symbolizing you know mm-hmm. the restoring the life to the empty, and it's mm-hmm. again the garden of Eden. It's it's all very Final Fantasy. It's all if you don't know Final Fantasy eight, you won't hurt you, but if you do. Mm-hmm. You know what Eden was in eight, or what it was probably, and what you know a lot of the, you know, to, <laughs> squalls lie. You know, the, the idea of seed is to you know plant flowers all over the world. Like it's all so buried deep in that final scene. Hmm. So I I think we can probably agree that having uh, an exploratory zone. In 6.x, yeah. taking place outside of Novrant in the other places that are starting to get life back could, could be on the cuts. Cause you know, we, we, we know that we're going to be like back to the source next expansion and we, we can't just like leave Novrant behind. We've got to be coming back here for, you know, like side quests and side content. Um, and that would be like a, a pretty obvious, um, pretty obvious one to go with. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Mike, you were, you were suggesting that you don't think this story is finished yet. No, I think we're going to get another quest in point five. I think they're going to give us a, a, an actual fin- a finale. I think finale. what they're doing okay. with this, I think all of Shadowbringers, everything that's on the first, they're leaving plot lines open on purpose in mm-hmm. case they want to re-explore them in the future. And they very much show that here. With, of course, mm-hmm. Gaia may not have Logriff's memories, but Gaia knows she's an Asian, essentially. She has mm-hmm. that soul right power. Now. And yeah. they immediately, as mm-hmm. soon as she goes, you know, I'm sure I can figure out a way to, a way to tear open rifts between worlds. You look at Reen and you're like, oh, I need to tell Thancred right away. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so, so this is going to be a huge problem because if she does, then... There's either going to need to be a compelling explanation that the Asians could never have come up with before, or else there's going to be a retcon because it's been established that the Asians had to give up their bodies. Yeah. And that Ardbert and his crew, they had to give up their bodies as well. You can't, you can't take it with you. Um, we've destroyed the twinning. So, you know, like that whole thing's not a, not an option either. Um, yeah, she she would have to sacrifice. Good thing her body we have somebody who knows a lot about Christmas. bringing souls across the rift with us on the source now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's true. That is true. <laughs> we got a couple of people what's actually that? now with what's her fucking uh-huh. name. Yeah, yeah. Nakoto is going to yeah. get involved at some point or another. <laughs> I just yeah, we just I don't know. Get through save the queen, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just a little bit concerned that like 
everything is getting much smaller and much easier, particularly in 5.4. There's a lot of like huge, huge issues that have been these huge, like insurmountable issues, you know, since 1.0 that are now suddenly just like, got it, done it, done, solved, fixed. But it's not like it's come out of nowhere. It's just, it's all, it's been, how do we Hmm. do this? And now it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the end mm-hmm. of the day. Um, mm. And I don't have a problem because there are a lot of plot lines that have just been open for too long and like been a mm-hmm. question for too long. And the answers have gradually been like pieces of them have been put here, there. Yeah. And when they finally do come together, I'm not going to be upset that it all came together at once because it's just been strung along for so long. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'm, I don't think that, I think at the very least we get a 5.5 goodbye, the, uh, the festival that they talk about mm-hmm. at the very least. This is the second time a festival's come. First we had the Dorvin Festival, now we got this. Um, then I think we at least get that like final little between patch goodbye. Um, uh, it's it kind of like, you know, we're moving on. We're going to the source, you know, obviously we have our own things to deal with. But I just don't, I think that what's happening with Fan Daniel is, is, and we're gonna get into that, is too big to not include Reen almost, Reen and Gaia almost to a degree. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, okay. obviously that would mean you'd need to finish Eden if that were to be the case for them to get involved again. Um, mm-hmm. so, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how it, where it goes. But, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's probably a good segue into MSQ. Well, there's MSQ. one more thing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. in Savage, we essentially get what the bad end would have been for, for Eden. Where Gaia yeah. remembers, junctions to Logriff's memories, and actually does mm-hmm. become Logriff again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we get a full explanation of her time magic, of, of what Logriff was technically capable of. And what defines Logriff, she constantly... And then she's still obsessed with the idea that Mitron kind of had as well, the idea of compressing every memory into one uh, single moment. There's, there's also... There's this this way. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, there was just that one line that, that's dropped here in the conversation between Mitron and Logriff, that Logriff was originally going to be the heart of Zodiac. Yes. And that Olybus, for some reason took her place, either was considered, you know, more, more suitable or I don't know, she, she fucked up in some way or like there was some, there was some reason, but she was the one and, that was originally supposed to do it. And this is why I want to see more Essien lore within mm-hmm. Dungeon. Like if we, if we get another editor, I'm fine with it. Like, I don't know if you're tired of the editors, but like we, we can extrapolate so well, we can extrapolate to a certain extent so much out mm-hmm. of it. But at the same time, I would love to get another Asian focused or ancient focused uh, dungeon to kind of extrapolate like what they were capable of. I think uh, we'll meet Vinat. We'll meet Vinat eventually. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm fairly. I feel like now Asians are starting to go the way of Allegans, where they're going to be interspersed across everything. That's because mm-hmm. they have. Like, it's just <laughs> factually since. The Sundering, they are interspersed into everything. Whether or not it's a something dedicated to them is, is less relevant than how many places they're present. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like that's unavoidable to some degree, and I agree that it should happen. Even a, a, They may return to Deep Dungeons in 6.x, and that may be an opportunity to explore it in some degree. 
Mm-hmm. Um, not that they Palace of the, uh, Heaven on High does somewhat of a job. I, I know you're a bigger fan of the Heaven on High world building than I am. FS, um, I'm more interested. I wish they did more with Palace of the Dead, but I like the idea of it more. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's always that possibility. Well, we can't close that door indefinitely, yeah. at the very least. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, we'll but yeah, it, it was, Logriff apparently had time magic. That was uh, that mm-hmm. was her thing. That was her spec. The guy even says she has no idea how she has these powers. She's just born with. She's just always had them. So are we assuming the words of Logriff is just time related now? I mean, we can see how Neutron yeah. can can it, memories is not that surprising for Neutron because we know how the Asians <laughs> dealt with you know reseeding the the convocation was all memories. Um, but he seems to have a much deeper grasp on that specific, uh, I guess, aspect of creation magic, I suppose. And her mm-hmm. creation magic seems entirely dealt around time. It's also worth noting that the La Habrea quote of the, the hammer of darkness brought to bear against the shield of light. We've always noticed Gaia had that hammer of darkness and the symbolism yeah. of E8. Yeah. We now understand kind of the inspiration of it. She was going to become the heart of Zodiac even, and that would have been a little a more literal... Hammer of Darkness brought against Man, the Shield of Light. You you gotta wonder, you know, if if time magic is her thing, um, and the effect of you know becoming the heart of Zodiac would be to, I, I guess, like massively, um, like expand that. If um, she couldn't have just like as Zodiac just like turned back the clock, you know, if she had become Zodiac's heart, I way. think the Asians would have had a better time. It kind of seems that way, bit. doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of seems that way. Um, mm. And you wanted to segue into MSQ. I wanted to segue into mm. Void Quests. Yeah, I mean, that that works just as well, considering, you know, we were hoping that um, uh, that Eden would sort of do that. So you want to you wanna carry us there? Well, so the Void Quests are, again, another a long-standing, I guess, thing we've been waiting for closure. I, 5.4 ha- just tries to bring closure to a lot of plot lines that were left hanging or at least push them mm-hmm. forward to some degree. The Void Quests mm-hmm. kind of start with the finale role quest, which brings essentially the next generation of Warriors of Light, kind of the Ardburton crew, which was always, I guess, kind of the goal of the combined role quests, is they all, you know, mm-hmm. deal with the Sin Eater versions and acquire the memory crystals of the uh, of, of Ardbert's crew, other than Ardbert himself. Um, mm-hmm. And so... They, they kind of give it a finale quest. If you were to never do the Void quest, you would see that they essentially do band together to become the next, you know, Ardburton crew. And the yeah, even, they're going to be the new sort of Novrat Scions. And what's great about this is everyone on the first knows about all the different shards. Like, there's no mystery about that anymore. So open conversation about mm-hmm. who's who and how they... Infl- it, there's no, like, awkward, wow, there's no way, that's impossible. It's like, mm-hmm. they've seen everything on the first. So you just mm-hmm. tell them who Sayella is. Yeah, oh, by the way, that's the Shadow Keeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they all kind of just come to accept, like, how she's, like, evolved. Like, it, it's very mm-hmm. satisfying just to see everything kind of get pulled together. Because it all begins mm-hmm. with Sayella wanting to preserve all the memory crystals of Ardbert and crew as sort of her... Mm-hmm. She's going to live forever because of her gift, the gift she was given... And yeah. so she wants to preserve their memories essentially forever. Um, mm-hmm. And that's now her, her prison, in a sense, her penance for what she did. Well, we have, 
we have the option to call her the storykeeper. Yeah, as opposed to the, the shadow keeper. keeper now, yeah, which is I think really really nice. Yeah, and um, Branson's drinking problem, which is more of a problem because he took one sip. I love orange juice. <laughs> they had a fun time with those quests. You could tell, both with Giot and uh, and her overabundance of drinking and way too way mm-hmm. too uh, chill mm-hmm. of a of a mo- of a mood. To him on the ground, just mm-hmm. eyes open, looking up. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but the the really interesting thing there is that Silver is talking about uh, her experience on the thirteenth. Yes. Um, and the the other warriors of light there, and basically. Um, one thing that she sort of attributed to their, their failure. I mean, obviously it was the Asians failure, but, um, one thing that she attributed was the fact that there were several warriors of light on the 13th, but they did not band together. They did not have an organization like the Scions. They did not, you know, do what Arbit and his crew did. They were just kind of like working on, on their own and they never connected. And as a result, you know, things got, on top of them and spiraled out of control. Um, but uh, she spoke to Una Kalhai briefly after Elidibus had kind of like pulled them both out of there um, and felt really bad. And like we kind of mention um, that we're well acquainted with him and we've worked with him and, um, and she's like, oh man, that's, that's wild. Like, I would really love to like talk to him. Would you send him a message? And we're like, you know what? We might actually be able to do one better than that. <laughs> <laughs> and Ariane the prankster that he is, has to get involved. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, once we do that, once, once we, you know, we talk about the idea of bringing our message across, we go to Unukalhai, takes the mask off mm-hmm. as he has for the past however many patches. He's, he's been there for four years now. So he's mm-hmm. been waiting very patiently, uh, been just, just freeloading in Minfilia's old room, just completely, mm-hmm. it's a, but apparently more so to the knowledge of the Scions than we maybe gave him initial credit because mm-hmm. they know he's been in there this whole time. Some of them did know because we were working with them. Obviously we had Kryle and whatnot. So they're aware he's at, but Urian Jay, you tell him that you know, she's there, and then he'd say, he's, he's like, I'd like to meet her. And then Ernie like, I know a way. <laughs> we kind of spent a whole half expansion trying to figure out how to do this right. But you just, it might be easier with you. <laughs> well, it is easier with yeah. him because, again, like like the Asians, like Anba and his crew, he's already had, like, the, the, the cord cut between his soul and his body yeah. through, you know, Asian magic. Um, and that what, what those like vessels are are basically just like an artificial, you know, uh, crystal of darkness. Yeah. Um, they kind of operate in the, in the same sort of way and we can <laughs> just ferry him over. Bring him back. And he just comes out naked is the only problem according to Beck Lug. Yeah. Um, man, this was, this was really nice. Like. It's only been what five years. He's been sitting around in that room. Like I said, four years. It was three three point five. Was the last time we we spoke. We had to speak to him if you were doing the war. Mm-hmm. You got, obviously we've gone mm-hmm. back. There's no NPC that people have gone to every patch more than Unakalhai yeah. to see if he has anything yeah. new to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time I was like, "Yo, do you see? He's got two new. He's got two new lines. Two two new lines. <laughs> One day, 
Today, that was that was 5.4. His day was finally, his day finally came. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was so happy for him. And Beck Lug was like, are you fucking kidding me with this? After everything we fucking, are you fucking stupid? And you can give her so much sass, and she's just like beyond you at that point. She's like, what the, all right, just fuck off, I'll take care of it, all right? You've you've really buggered this up, and I can't take it. I'm right. so glad that Beck would acknowledge that, because it really was a case of, like, oh, remember that thing that, like, we only managed to pull off by an absolute miracle that we were working on for months and months and months and months? You just went and did it in, like, five minutes, huh? Okay, great. Awesome, thanks. And I was like, can you fix this? Or... <laughs> And she's just like, listen, um, he'll be naked. Just, I'll take him to you. Just meet me at mm-hmm. this location. You've explained it. Just mm-hmm. f- fucking get out of here. I need to focus. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. And it's very, and the chat brings uh, it up. The fact that she's a fae is very, uh, you know, it's very, very numo in this. Yeah. And very also crotchety yeah. old, been around for a hundred years in a castle all alone kind mm-hmm. of, uh, Kind of attitude going on here. She's the she's first, very much the Matoya. The first Matoya. Yeah, she's yeah. very much the Matoya <laughs> of the first in this regard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was always a that yeah. was always kind of apparent, like from the beginning, that she yeah. was essentially yeah, the pretty Matoya. much. Yeah. I I also like that Becklug is when when they meet Ciela is like, motherfucker, was that you and Croyless Licked? Did you <laughs> did you do that? Because again, well, obviously. Uh, obviously, Beckler doesn't realize that the um, the 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 plague, the thing that basically transformed people into void sense um, at uh, Vobert, Silver did that. She was yeah. responsible for that. You know, there was that. I, I I can't remember the guy's name, the Archmage. Yeah. Um, he was the one that like literally did it, but he was working for her. Yeah. And that was the I thing that like drove her into a hundred years of exile, essentially. Yeah, Tadric, that's it. Yeah, I feel Tadric. like, I feel like if Becklug really knew, there would be a little, little bit more of a, uh, some bad blood here between them. Yeah, so I don't watch a whole lot of anime, but I mm-hmm. think I put this with Dragon Ball Super with, 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 with Frieza and Beerus, cause Beerus is like, yeah, just destroy the Saiyans. I don't yeah. give a fuck. And they're like, what do you think Vegeta would think if he found out? He'd be like, eh. mm-hmm. "Don't mention anything. <laughs> <laughs> keep that a secret." Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> so it does, um, uh, does seem to be that way. So Unokalhai shows up maskless, um, swagged mm-hmm. out, basically mm-hmm. with his brand new outfit, and immediately mm-hmm. the idea of saving the thirteenth becomes a topic of conversation. Well, because he learns about the what, what's happened on the here first. in North yeah. Round, yeah. yeah, and the fact that we've reversed things here is like, oh damn, what if that could happen to the to the thirteenth? And now, um, and it's and it's 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 fitting because the whole problem with the thirteenth, like you said earlier, was as Sayella states that they pretty much operated independently, and now they're not. They are both mm-hmm. in the same place, and the idea that a band of heroes saving mm-hmm. the world is pretty much their their inspiration. Again, it 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 all ties back to kind of Azim in a sense. It's yeah. as the travel, you know, as the person who travels yeah, around. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It pulls that same idea into it. Um I I do like that Silver kind of makes the point immediately like 
that the Asians already decided that that was impossible because yeah. the difference between what's happened here on the first and what happened on the 13th is that on, on the first, the, the ether is still there. It's, it's all there. Yeah. It's just Stagger. stuck. Yeah. yeah. It's just so like completely mm-hmm. polarized that it's just, it's not moving anywhere. It's just completely stagnant. Whereas on the 13th, there ain't no ether left. It just, they ate it because that's what the, that's what that, that aspect does. They basically, well, it's all consuming. Yeah. They, they, I mean, the void said, yeah, like they've eaten, like basically all that's left is they've eaten. But, um, again, like turning that aspect, it accelerated so much that it just yeah. exploded. Yeah, um, right. and the light stays this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Silver's like, oh, it doesn't seem to be that simple. What do you think, Warrior of Light? And we're like, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. This I, whole quest sure. line is us just being like, yeah, fuck it. That's pretty much yeah. us, this whole quest line. Yeah. And they're like, well, I mean, if the Warrior of Light says we can do it, then let's do it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> And then that ties back like? into the role quests where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as soon as they started mentioning it, I needed to think no further than the caster role quests. I knew immediately mm-hmm. that had to be a factor because we mm-hmm. were already talking what? about them being able to tear open those rifts way back mm-hmm. when. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is, which was really interesting in those role quests. We made the point that void scent are much, much rarer on the first than they are on the source. Um, because like the, the numinal distance between those two shards is so, so massive. Um, like calling them the first and the 13th, that's not like arbitrary, that numbering. They are like, like on opposite ends of this. Again, it's kind of hard to like wrap your head around this, this kind of like, um, non-physical space that the shards exist in. Um, but, uh, yeah, opening a void gate on the first is a much, much, much more difficult task than it is opening one on the source. Um, and Taenor and the cult that raised him and Nielbear are basically like the only people that have ever really been able to do it. Um, until now, we remember that. Yeah. Okay. Can I say something? Do we mm-hmm. think Tanor and Okalhai were once part of the same soul? I, so I think it's either it's either that it's either the their shards of each other, yeah. or that Unokalhai and Nielbear were right. That I can also see that. Yeah, because yeah. Tanor says uh, like talking to an old friend. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it 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 seems like. Yeah, I, I think they're probably going to be, uh, they've got the same eyes, you know? Uh, Don't they? Do they? I'm colorblind, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they got the same eyes. I couldn't fucking tell you. Uh, get back to me on that, because I can, I can offer no help. They do, they do, they have the same eyes. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. they got the exact same purple eyes. That's a um, weird color so- eye to have. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's very specific. Yeah, that's very specific. So that's probably the case. But, um, yeah, the, the plan is basically like, well, let's, let's check it out. Let's have a look in the voids, um, and see if we can, you know, collect some data and, you know, have a look and see what's going on. And we're kind of like, already, already been there. (laughs) 
I can tell you, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not real good, but, but we know, also, we when we like... went, we didn't, we weren't checking like etheric signatures or anything. No. So we literally just there to get, you know, to, to Nero get... was. Yeah, Nero, yeah, he's, he's had a little more experience <laughs> with it than I think he wanted, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we basically come up with the idea to use epoxy as a probe. Yeah. Porksies are getting a lot of fucking airtime now, man. They really are. I don't, I don't love it. I don't know. (laughs) Like, when, when you've got like a really serious moment, like a really serious kind of critical narrative beat, and then Mm -hmm. you put in this little fucking flying pig, it just, it like, it undermines it a little bit for me. You know, but this does indeed answer the question: If a pig's ass is pork, yes. Well, it's not though; it's clay. It's pork. <laughs> That's the problem. It's no, it's clay. No, it's pork. It's clay. It's clay. But as soon as it looks like a pig's ass, it's pork. That's how no. powerful the pork. If somebody is. makes a clay sculpture of a pig, I'm not eating its ass. Well, that's it's not that's your lust. That's your lust. You're not going to eat some pork butt. Not if it's made of clay. Oh, you're lost. I will eat a... That's not going to taste as good. Yes, let's pull this. Is a pig's ass in 14 pork? No. Yeah, that's a good pull. It's not. Not if it's a <laughs> no. porksy. That's, that's yeah, literally think... why they tell you that if you were to cook a porksy, it doesn't become food. It just becomes... I think we already established this. Um, one of the Amaro ate a porksy and was like, it didn't didn't taste that great actually. So, yeah. So they, they become know. pork slain. Yeah, they become pork slain when you heat them up. This was an Arizibia question. It was. Yeah. 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 Don't mind me. I'm just pouring myself some more coffee. Don't worry. I know that feeling. Coffee. Some coffee. No, that's my last cup. Um, All right. So. So we, we do that, and Becklug is like, uh, I don't know, maybe. I, I'm not gonna like get your hopes up. We need to review our findings. It could take years to deduce a suitable solution, but it won't. And then we were like, supposed to take. <laughs> Tanner is like, no, call high. There's no way you could learn how to do this. We were trained our, we were born and trained our whole lives. And he's like, yeah, but no, I got this. Yeah, but well, it's more like. Bro, I'm a warrior of light. Like, dude, it, it's the same. It's the same way that we can like level a job up in two days. You know, that's that's more what I attributed to is the fact that Unakalhai is. You know, he bought he bought he bought a void mage potion. That's all. Yeah, and and also you know if he is the same soul as uh, as Tainor, like of course or they're going to be able or to or like Neilbert Neilbert yeah Iroh. yeah yeah. Either way, of course they're going to be able to like transfer that that knowledge. Um, but Unakai basically admits the same thing. It may be some time, years maybe, until we can be certain, but I will be here for as long as it takes. I have no doubt that he will be. Yeah. Um, he's replaced, he's replaced five years of standing in Minfilia's office. Just standing with, in the fucking bar next to Sayal. You know what? I, it's not so bad. It's, it's a lot better. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, Silva's been there since, you know, probably since the founding of the Crystarium. Yeah. And, uh, she's doing all right. She's doing a hiat. Yeah. Um, this is not done. Bottom line, this no, question is, is not done. This this is not like no. when Akali's standing around doing nothing. Like, this will get no. quests. But, 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 here's, here's the problem. If if we want, like, as I'm sure a lot of us do, to have, like, a, either 
a major piece of side content in the future involving the restoration of the void or even like, um, you know, dare we hope, uh, an MSQ arc dealing with restoring the void and going to the void. What we've established here is that we have as prerequisites all of the warring triads, right? Uh, all, all of the role quests and all of those posts role quests, right? We've had, we've had this before, you know, Bodja, you need to have done Ivelisse. Uh, for Shadowbringers, you now need to have done the, 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 the Crystal Tower series. Each of those is like one side quest, right? This is a much, much, much taller order. Um, the prerequisites to be able to continue this. And that makes me worry that it's not perhaps going to end up being a huge piece of content. I feel like I remember having this conversation and deciding that they may not just make you do all of these things. These things could be maybe things like that happen without shortcut. You. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and that if you have, you'll you know you'll be better off for it for understanding everything that's going on. But otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they've they've proven that they can they can write a story in such a way that what look like prerequisites now don't necessarily mm-hmm. need to be in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think if they were, I don't think this ever goes to MSQ, to be clear. I think the Void Quest mm-hmm. will remain the Void Quest. I think that's why they're giving it its own title. They moved, they mm-hmm. didn't say, they literally say end of role quests into mm-hmm. Void Quests. Mm-hmm. Like they established that. So I think it continues for people who have dived into this story, but no more than a, than two or three quests ever. Out of oh, I want, I want this to be like a big thing so badly. Yeah. I don't blame you, but I agree that it's it's too much of a look. Imagine having to be to, to mm-hmm. be told as a as a player level four jobs, or in mm-hmm. the case of summoner scholar level you know, three jobs. Do all these quests. Go back to Heaven's Ward. Do the Warring Triad quest. Now do this follow up quest and do these three follow up quests or any other ones that come after. And by the way, mm-hmm. you're now allowed to play the expansion. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It, yeah, it won't happen. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, is there, is there anything else really to be said about that other than please, please look forward to it? No, um, just Hi. looking, looking forward to it. More than anything mm-hmm. else. Hi. Great. Now, after two hours, we can talk about the MSQ. Yeah, after two hours and 11 minutes. God, Jesus. It's a lot to talk about this patch. We knew this was going to be a lot. There is a lot to talk about this patch. Mel's upset my sandwich must be getting soggy. Yeah, BLT will do that. I don't care. It's bake. It's still bacon. It's still lettuce. It's still tomato, and it's still gonna go in my mouth. Hell yeah! Yeah. Hell yeah! Oh yeah. So to be clear, yeah, the chat brought up. You don't have to actually beat the Warring Triad Extreme, but oddly, you have to unlock them. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's because he's the quest NPC to unlock all of them. So because they're Mm -hmm. gonna remove Mm -hmm. him, you need to have unlocked Mm -hmm. them in order to because you don't Mm -hmm. have to beat them to finish the quests either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, <laughs> MSQ is, uh, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. I'm just glad to see all, all the Merlewood stands come out strong now. All right. After all mm-hmm. these, after all these years, we were, we were repaid. <sighs> We've been spending so much, like, MSQ has always been about Uldar. It's been about what's happening in Uldar. What's Uldar doing next, you know? Like, uh, Gridzania, alright, you know, they, they, they all get along. There's no conflict there. They all fucking love Kani and they're all like joining hands around the, the guardian tree singing Kumbaya. It's, it's fine. They're boring. 
Um, wow. Particularly Thanks. since the elementals are now all just like a bunch of little bitches. The, the, the calamity like mess them right up. But Limsa, on the other you hand. You must be a fucking Maelstrom, Maelstrom <laughs> FC, aren't you? Of course I am. Of course I am. Merwib's, Merwib's my bae. Um, oh yeah. But in, in Limsa, we haven't really like had any movement, um, since the Rome reborn, and even in there, like, like barely anything really since 1.0. And this is kind of like picking all that up. I just, I got to, um, remind you guys, Merwib is long, long, long past her, her, uh, basic, um, uh, her term, right? There should have mm-hmm. been another Trident and subsequently another Admiral several mm-hmm. years ago. She's held in because of the Galian threats, um, and because she's basically insisted and gotten the other mi- major pirate factions to agree that they need to like remain as united as possible to be able to survive against Galamalt. The moment that the Galian threat even even smells like it might be wrapping up, there's going to be uh, attempts, you know, yeah. at her. Yeah, there's going to be shots at her. And, you know, there's going to be similar stuff happening in, in, in Uldart because that's when Nanamo wants to start, you know, like stepping down and taking power away from the monetarists and converting Uldart into a, into some kind of republic. But, but that's, that's not where we're at at the moment. Um, we're at the point where the bloody executioners have not been able to, uh, basically plunder Galian vessels. Because piracy is illegal in, in Limsa Laminsa against any vessels that are not Galian. That, that was like the caveat. Merlweb stepped up and was like, we need to be united. We need to be part of the Eorzean alliance. You guys need to stop plundering like Uldar ships because that looks bad. You, you have to direct it all towards the, the Galians. Um, but there's been basically no like Galian traffic. Anywhere in, you know, southern Heidelin because they're all, you know, busy fighting another war of succession and sorting their shit out like way, way up north. So no one's been able to get that traffic. And like, Mm -hmm. um, the Kraken's arms have adjusted by, um, you know, increasing trade with the east now that the east has opened up more. Um, the sanguine sirens surprisingly have also like chilled out a lot. Um, which is weird. Seems like Captain Roswin is like ready to settle down and have kids at this point. Right. That's yeah. So fucking weird to hear from her. Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? But then we have the bloody executioners and the bloody executioners mm-hmm. were, have always been like the largest pirate power in Limsa Laminsa. They were the major opponent to Merlewib taking the Admiralty. Um, shortly after Merlewib took the Admiralty, there was basically an assassination attempt against her by the bloody executioners, um, which ended up in, uh, basically was the last time she was at the Astalicia, which is that, that ship that we see in 5.4, which is their yeah. like headquarters. She was invited over there to have a powwow with Hilfir in 1.0. And it resulted in all of her crew being killed, all of his crew being killed, them fighting like basically within an ilm of killing each other. At which point she won and was like, listen, bitch, you're mine. And this is how it's going to happen. And Hilfrey is mm-hmm. like, 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 
all right, okay, mm. you've you've demonstrated to me. You kicked the shit out of me and like all of my men. Daddy Merwub. Yeah, yeah, basically, like you've demonstrated to me that you're fine. All right, you're the boss. Cool. I'm getting too old for this shit anyway. And since then, we have not seen him. Correct right. me if I'm wrong, but we have not seen Hillfair. We have not seen hide nor hair of him, nor even flashback of him since 1.0. We haven't even known if he's been alive or dead. We know that he's he's getting very old. He's been sick. Um, mm-hmm. and that as a result, you know, like things are a little bit, a little bit shaky in the command structure of the bloody executioners, right? Yes. And if Hilfir loses the reins there and they kind of go back to opposing Merlewib and opposing the, the unification of Limsa and opposing the, the outlaw of piracy, then like Limsa ends up in a civil war. And that's what we're kind of staring down the barrel of here, right? Oh yeah. Is that the, the, I can I guess I kind of like bring it back. The Eorzeans are trying to patch things up with the beast tribes because they are anticipating a, a kind of like final push against Garlemald and they need everything to be united. Not only right? that, but Merlob is the one who specifically calls for it, which yes. is continuing mm-hmm. a thread that Ishtola set in motion back in 2.2. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're still like planted that seed there. And you know, like, like Varus also contributed quite heavily yeah. to that by pointing out the, the hypocrisy of, of, uh, Moab, uh, and her treatment of the, the, the I think beast he trans. was the final straw that pushed her to this. Yeah. And she pretty yeah. much says that he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, she wants to, she wants to do that. She wants to patch things up. They've, you know, fucked up treaties. With the Kobolds and with the Sahagan, they've been at war with them basically since they first landed on Vilbrandt. Um, and she wants to fix that, but the bloody executioners are, uh, trafficking crystals to the Kobolds. Right. And they basically want the conflict to continue. I thought they were stealing. Sorry, sorry. No, they're yeah. stealing. They're, they're stealing, stealing from, the from them because yeah, if yeah, they yeah. can't pirate, sorry. they're not pirates against yeah, the Garlemald. Yeah, I misspoke. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah, still yeah. just I'm, as I'm harmful for the sake of a treaty because it's the yeah. same with the Orzian Alliance. If they're going to form yes. a treaty with the Beast Tribes, they can't be, you know, stealing from them. Yes. Yeah. My apologies. I misspoke there. They're stealing crystals from the Kobolds and then selling them on the cheap, and that's their kind of like way to make up the lost profits from the lack of of action against the the Galians. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's no good. That's no bueno. Obviously, Merlewood doesn't want that. They want this fighting to continue so they can continue to make money. Um, Merlewood confronts, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like so not important and not interesting. Um, you mean the guy who but, she fucking slaps that you're muted, Sly? Yeah. The thing, the guy who she slaps the shit out of in that fight? <laughs> yeah. Sikar. Oh, there you go, Sikar. Yeah. Sikar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I just thought that was so funny where, where he's like, all right, I, I challenge you to a duel. And I'm just thinking like, what's running through Merwood's head? And it's like, like, fucking idiot. You know, like, you know, like, this, you know, this just going through the motions at that point. Cause isn't like, the death just, penalty, isn't that the same one she used against Hilfer? No. It was, she, or is that, she, a, or is that the Armageddon? So, or so whatever it's called. She, she uses Annihilator against Sikhar. And I can't, one. I can't mm-hmm. help but what she's thinking is like, yeah, right. I'm not, I'm not gonna kill this guy with death penalty. This guy's not good enough for death penalty. <laughs> death, death penalty was, was her father's pistol. 
Um, and I mean, as, as she kind of like reiterated in this patch, for those of you who didn't know, her father was the captain of the League of Lost Bastards, uh, which was working for the Sargans. They, they were basically, you know, he'd become tempered by the Sargans. They were like supplying, you know, them. Um, and as soon as she found out, she killed her own father and everyone else that, you know, was on board with him and took over the League of Lost Bastards and then, uh, you know, became the first person to discover a safe course to the new world and charted, you know, most of the new world and then sailed back and fucking won the trident and became Admiral. Um, yeah. But she decided that Sicard wasn't good enough for, for a death penalty, so she is annihilator. I think, I think she doesn't like unholster death penalty unless it's a death penalty, you know? Which she does eventually, <laughs> but you know. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she didn't want to kill him. She, she wanted mm-hmm. to, she would, she will, she's a pirate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's been on this then, path um, before of giving someone an option to not be, a, you mm-hmm. know, to not be mm-hmm. shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> fucking and, um, you know, then Hillfair intervenes and he's like, hey, yo, who woke me up from my seven-year nap? Like, the fuck is this? Um, I thought I told you guys that, you know, we're behind Merlin. Um, and I know, I know a lot of people, I've been seeing like a lot of posts around that people are really concerned that like what should have been a really drawn out conflict in, in this sort of Luminsa arc was just kind of like, like wrapped up in one patch. Um, but I don't think it's that simple because heel fear is on the brink of death, you know? And, and what they've done is they've demonstrated here that Luminsa is not united and that we might've like put out this one little spot fire, but there is going to be a really, really serious issue once the Gullian threat is is dealt with. Um, and this is something that, you know, is definitely going to feed into uh, to the next expansion at some points. Yes. Uh, I, I think there's a lot that's said here about the new expansion that, because uh, mm-hmm. I think we're going to one of two places and uh, Limsa mm-hmm. would be at the forefront of one of them, given that, as you said, they have charted a course to the new world. Mm-hmm. And we've already. Yeah, I mean, eventually. Yeah. If if not next expansion, then then like eventually, absolutely, a hundred percent. Um, you know, as as I was saying, like uh, in in Uldar, we've also got the issue where Nanamo is planning on stepping down as soon as the Galleon threat is dealt with, and the monetarists are going to have a huge issue with that, yep. and that that is going to cause some internal conflict there. And Gridania, you know, they're united, but but um, they're supposed to be democratic. You know, everything is supposed to be resolved by like votes in the CDC council, but, um, Kani Sanat has had complete executive power, um, for the last several years as well because of the Garleans. And if there's any kind of issue with the transference of, of, of power or like step back to a more democratic system afterwards, then, you know, we could easily see like an expansion arc that is about, you know, a civil war. Battle for Aeors. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like absolutely conceivable. We're just doing um, it in reverse of what World of Warcraft. They did Battle for Azeroth, then Shadowlands. We're doing uh-huh. Shadowbringers, then uh-huh. Battle for Aorzi. We're just doing it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's certainly on the cards. Um, but anyway, our contribution to this process is that as we've been speculating in, in curing the people that were, you know, on the path to becoming Sin Eaters, we're like, hey, this isn't so different from tempering. Let's see if we can kind of use this as a solution, find a way around it. And Graha is like, oh, hey, like I, I've been sitting in this elegant tower for, 
centuries and, you know, reading everything that they've got. Uh, let's go to Azizlar and see see if they, they come up with a solution. I'm so Does glad to be back in Azizlar because it's such a fucking important place. It was cool, wasn't it? Yeah. That every time yeah, we yeah, go back, cool. I mean, cool. we, we think of the history we've had with Azizlar between the Warring Triad, between mm-hmm. uh, the Ixals, um, especially mm-hmm. when we went back to Fractal Continuum Hard Mode, which was a great payoff to the Ixal uh, Beast Tribe mm-hmm. quests at the end of the day. And now we're, mm-hmm. we're, we have someone who's an actual <laughs> expert in the matter. And he was already an expert before. He was he, an expert before. Yeah. Now he's on a whole other mm-hmm. plane of things. He's had way too much time to get used to this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's I, I love going back to Azazla. It's very important. Mm-hmm. That we, and in the MSQ, you go through it. Like, island, 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 final boss. Mm-hmm. Done. So. so it turns out that some Gal- uh, Galleon, some elegant scientist had basically, like, discovered a potential cure to tempering, and, of course, that was classified and buried, and, you know, he lost, lost his job and died in obscurity. I wonder why. I wonder <laughs> why, can, like, that can, that would have been talk, a problem. Hmm? Can we talk about the elegant PowerPoints, though, and how good they are? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I'm just so thinking, man, that's a, lot, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work for just, like, writing myself some notes, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then Tiamat's like, what the fuck are they so doing good. back? Tiamat's like, just yeah. fucking go away. Come on. Uh, <laughs> You're so loud. Uh, <laughs> um, but basically, we we can assume that, you know, this guy discovered a cure to tempering, and Emmett was like, mm, we can't have that. We can't <laughs> have that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but basically he explains to us like quite, quite clearly how, how tempering works, which is, which is really cool is that it, it is a, yeah. a, a really similar process. You know, we, we know like with sin eaters, um, too much light in your body, your like soul's ether turns like towards the, the umbral pole and it kind of like slows down and you, yeah, you basically just like lose your, your mind. Yeah. It, it, it essentially, um, it's almost like a blood clot in a sense of ether, mm-hmm. and it just all yeah. piles up, and then it explodes, and that's when you transform, essentially. Yeah, right. That's a really interesting way of putting it, actually, as a, as a blood clot, because because it, it almost is kind of like having like an aneurysm, you know, or a stroke or something. Yeah. Right. Um. So but it's a combination of where, that. Hmm? But which to the point where, like, once you are physically, like. They even said once you're like physically too far gone, it's just mm-hmm. you transform. It's too far gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're too far gone to even recover. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, even before those stages, you you can still recover from it. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like it's kind of like when you get to that stage, you've got you've got Sinita, you've got Void Sense um, on the other end of the spectrum. It's similar, mm-hmm. but not you know yeah. quite the same thing. Um, and then of course you've got we've seen it in in um, tempering. Uh, the drought, right? Like, uh, Captain Madison, um, for instance, is kind of the, the, the easiest. Uh, I mean, they even show it. us a much more direct example. They, by name, mm. call out Sephiroth's tiny minions as his followers. Yeah, his little eggies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're his followers, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's doing, it's doing a combination of things. One is that it's turning your, your anima, your mind way over to the umbral pole. And secondly, it's, changing your elemental aspects uh, basically to the aspects that 
the primal is associated with, that the primal is kind of like made up of. Um, and that affects a physical transformation eventually if it's done, you know, enough times or to like a, a severe enough extent. So I want to bring something up real quick to dive back into Eden. Eden being the first sin eater, it didn't, it technically brought about the same things that tempering does without causing fanaticism to Eden at the very least, mm-hmm. it would seem, mm-hmm. or at least we mm-hmm. would assume because they're just, they just seem to be mindless creatures. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't too Eden. That's but that's what thing. I'm saying. That's what's interesting about it is that we we mm-hmm. discovered how to reverse tempering via looking at people like Hollerick and like you know yeah, that's where the idea mm-hmm. kind of really came into fruition. But he wasn't mm-hmm. tempered to anyone, but the process still worked the same. So it's interesting to look mm-hmm. at Void Sentence Sin Eaters as you know they've got everything except for the fanaticism essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean Void Void Sense are a really tricky one because they are um, not they're astral. They're not umbral. So. Presumably, Presumably, right? Because, because, you know, they're caused by the flood of darkness. We know that darkness as a force pulls ether towards the, the astral pole, right? Um, and it also makes sense that like sin eaters, they, they lose their minds, right? They're just mindless beasts. Whereas voids enter intelligence. Um, they, they have, they, they have memories. They have, um, at least the, the more the more intelligent ones, yes, right? Sly? Like, yeah, no, no, I was no, about no. to say, like one one exception to the rule would be Valtteri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Valtteri was born yeah. a sin eater, so he's kind of he's in a different yeah. boat. Yeah, yeah, Valtteri yeah. Valtteri is an interesting one. Um, so yeah, so so this complicates for us. It complicates Void Saint and it complicates um, the Asians, right? Because we know that they're tempered by mm-hmm. Zodiac, but we would think like the same kind of thing, right? Like. Well, how could their minds be overpolarized to umbral when, you know, the power of Zodiac is darkness and the power that the Asians wield is all to do with, with darkness and this force that, that, that like in its very essence pulls ether towards the, the astral pole. Yeah. So we don't really know about that. I've seen a couple of people throwing around speculations that, that perhaps, um, Kind of like how Eden can control ethereal polarity. Maybe if you have a primal that controls like astral, it can kind of take the astral ether like away from someone's minds and have it polarized mm-hmm. that way. Like rather than putting umbral in, it's taking astral out. We don't really know. Right. But, and, um, but it is, I think it is interesting because you'd, you'd assume that Diablos and, and, uh, Scothic and whatnot were once warriors of light given their standing. Um, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, so they just, uh, the, the intelligence is, is, is an interesting aspect of that. It might be a quality of the echo, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's hard, it's hard to say, but, um, yeah, this gives us some big answers. It raises more questions, but it does give us some big answers. Basically, tempering is you switch someone's brain off by switching it to umbral and then bombard it with ether of a certain element that you have unique control over and therefore you can then like manipulate, manipulate. this person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give a command. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Vothry was born a sin eater. He could control sin eaters. It mm-hmm. was, it was, it's, he didn't temper them, but he was like given this very specific power in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, just not mm-hmm. a mindless beast because he was half person. He was yeah. still human. Yeah. But he was just, yeah. they basically and, and, injected a light warden into a fetus. Yeah. And, and in the same way, we see the Asians constantly manipulating Void Scent. Yes. Void scent. Exactly. So, um, which kind of, you know, makes sense along these lines as well. Um, but when, when we discover this and we're kind of like formulating a solution, um, a couple of different characters make the note that like, 
dealing with one of these problems um, will make things worse. Yes. Right. Like if mm-hmm. if we if we keep them with that elemental aspecting, but switch their minds back on, they're going to become more fanatic, and they're going to become more powerful, um, and you know more more dangerous in general. Um, whereas on the other hand, um, oh, man, this this is tough. If you aspect them without changing their mm-hmm. mind, then they just lose all sense of. Yeah. Everything. So. Yeah. They have, they they have no identity anymore to anything. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to do both like at the exact same time in this really kind of like delicate balance. And in order to calculate that, it's going to take us years and years and years of experimenting and calculating and, you know, all kinds of shit that we just really don't have time to do. Um, so we build a supercomputer. Yeah, and that supercomputer ends up um, pulling... Well, I mean, the supercomputer just pulls the thesis out of the thing. Because the thesis doesn't tell us how to do anything. It just purports that the Allegans found a, the it's same... It's a PowerPoint. Yeah. We're skipping, a PowerPoint. we're skipping a point. We're skipping a point here. We, we, we use, like, one computer to mm-hmm. basically work out the password. Yeah. It basically just goes right. through it's an Allegan dictionary, scene, like, way. inputting... Which is a great scene, by the way. I, I, I'm like, Alice, say, if you say the password is password, I swear to God. And she said it, and I'm like, I fucking knew it. And she said it. I fucking right. knew it. And then the right, thing is just like one of the best so moments. offended. Mm-hmm. It's like, how dare you even think mm-hmm. of being this stupid in front of royalty? She's like, mm-hmm. didn't even, didn't, he, didn't the, uh, the note even say, how fucking dare you? Yeah, that's what he says. He's like, you're in the presence of royalty. Don't keep being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> know your place, yeah. handmaiden. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, we 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 get the password eventually. Freedom, um, freedom. That's right. Um, which is kind of you know, it's kind of nice for for Sid and his motto being freedom through technology. Um, that made him happy that he was kind of like the natural inheritor of this stuff. <laughs> Every time this happens, we always, it always comes back to, so it was that dude's soul over and over, right? It's the same, he's Owen, but like how oh, many times no. Yeah. No. Oh, every time, every time something like this happens, that's the natural like conclusion is yeah. it's gone through the life stream uh, over and over uh, and now it's, it's it. You don't want that. You don't want that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, but we, we get, we get his thesis and, you know, like, as I just described all this stuff about tempering and, and all that. Um, and then we're like, okay, well, we need to experiment to find a solution. Um, we're going to set up a simulation and we're just going to like find all of the RAM that we can <laughs> to make it go as fast as possible and do like 10 years amount of work in like a couple of minutes. Um, and so, Nero's you know, got to be a part of that. He's like, listen, these dumbasses couldn't do it without me. Come on. Well, now. well, Nero and Sid are like, hey, so we heard that, like, we in in an alternate reality, like, worked out how to do time travel. So um, this should be pretty yeah. easy. Nero, Nero's like, well, that means I'm going to figure it out in this timeline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Sid's like, I don't so, need yeah. to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. So it's good. like I, I did it. I'll take that I did it somewhere. I don't need to do it here. 
Okay. Oh, jeez. Nero's like, I'm um, going gonna go back and choke him with his own umbilical cord. Sid's <laughs> voice was different. It was the same voice actor, but because all the voices were being recorded remotely, um, they didn't have as much, like, direction as they normally do. It was all, like, done mm-hmm. in, like, home studios and stuff. So you probably notice, like, the quality of the voices just in the recording is, like, a little bit varied. Some of them sound, like, a little bit, you know, tinny. Um, yeah, that, th- I, I think that this is just, you know, that basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, because he was last voiced when Alexander comes out of the water, I think that was the last time I think he was voiced was when mm-hmm. he goes, that's a, that's a bleeding primal, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was the same voice actor apparently, oh, but it's just been such point five. Yeah, that's true. With Omega. It's just been such a, such a long time that's, uh, it's been you know, almost four forgot. years. Almost four mm. years since they finally yeah. he gets to the call. They're like, "Hey, so you know, it's been a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you do this right now?" <laughs> yeah, it was definitely like that. So you know, we just have to chalk that down to to twenty twenty. I mean, the thing is, like, directing Sid's voice actor is really easy. You just like, all right, we need you to do like a like a Ewan McGregor thing, but just like a little bit. Just bring it like a little bit more cockney, and that's it. Um, Acceptable, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just let that one slide. Killed to hear Nero, though. We did. I really would have killed to hear Nero. No. What do you mean? We do hear him. He speaks. Yeah, he has a couple lines. Yeah, he has yeah. a couple lines. They give you the storied elegance. The, the line yes. from the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, he's very, oh, oh my. And then yeah. when everything's, when everything's falling apart and exploding, he's just like, alright. <laughs> he just yeah. watches. Like, he got, he only got two lines. Yeah, like, like two or three. That's yeah, why I didn't much. remember it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's much. why I didn't remember it. I'm like, holy shit. Like, holy, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, hmm. but, um, yeah, we, we, Work that out. The computer blows up, but not before um, the the massively Graha. overpowered Graha Tia, who now also has a photographic memory to add to, you know, his list of bullshit, is just like, yeah, no, I I, I saw the formula for like one second and I memorized it. Um, How long so was cool. he stuck in the fucking crystal tower where he had nothing else to do but yeah, remember books? That doesn't make you good at staring at things and photographically memory. He had time to really? digest Being it. Stuck in the well, fucking crystal if, tower. If he had five listen, minutes listen. in the crystal tower and he had to do it, I'd understand more. But here he's like, I've got five seconds. I memorized it. If if his brain was still attached to the crystal tower, you know. Then I would kind of understand it, but no, Grar is so overpowered. It's ridiculous. Yo, uh, again, Sly. He 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 had time to sit there. He was just like, hmm, I'll read this. I'll read one page a minute because I've mm-hmm. got all the fucking time in the world right now. He's not like he's mm-hmm. like, pick a new book, pick up new book. He's not. <laughs> it's just like awesome bitches. Grar is the fucking man. Like what? Like really? He's had mm-hmm. nothing but time, nothing to do but fucking. Read. Listen, he was born. This has nothing to do with how much time he had. He was born this way, and we're just finding out. Okay, all right, sure. So, right. the the problem here is sure. memory transference, right? Mm-hmm. 
and mm-hmm. is to be able to like restore their memories, bring back their memories that we're not just like reanimating them as a lifeless husk. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. and we speculate that maybe we can use the porxies to do that. I got a couple of lines here from Yishtola that I think we can perhaps ruminate on. Uh, she says, so this magic adapted from memory transference would be used to purge the subject of their fanatical faith, basically removing the memories, kind of like what Mitron was doing with Lowgriff, mo- removing the memories that they have developed since they were tempered um, mm-hmm. and restoring like their memory back to an earlier state. While Angelo would be responsible for reanimating the ether of the soul. So bringing it back from umbral, bringing it, you know, center from that ethereal, uh, aspects, um, while we, you know, do the memory stuff. And then she says, yet I wonder the practicalities. If one were to reanimate the soul first, it would only serve to exacerbate the tempering, as we already mentioned. Conversely, a stagnant soul would not respond to the effects of the magic. Um, mm. so, you know, to thread this delicate needle, we are going to have to go and consult with an expert on, uh, ethereal entities and, uh, and such. All, all hail Master Matoya. Well, before hell we even get him. to Matoya, though, they test it out on a much, e- like, a subject that's not all the way gone with Gabu, because mm. his, he still mm. has... He's not in that fully fanatical state, so regressing his memories right. a little easier. He he tells us that mm-hmm. he's able to. He actually the whole time is like kind of in his own head, like holding mm-hmm. out in a sense, mm-hmm. even though he couldn't mm-hmm. in any way communicate that. Um, yeah. And uh, so once we find out with that, we know we're going to need an army of porksies and and way too much ether, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's. When we go to yeah, Gabu is yeah, Oliver yeah, you're Twists. Right. Gabu is yeah. Oliver Twists. It's so nice to see you. <laughs> I'm so Can glad you that know? you saved me. Can I have some more? <laughs> Gabu is. Uh, I love Gabu. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're right. We we figured that it uses a massive amount of ether, even just to like reverse. Gabu, who's not that far gone, and we're like, okay, we need we need a more efficient solution than this. We need some way to like automate this this process in some way. Um, yeah, so we decide to go and talk to Matoya, who's an expert on on familiars. Who again? I'm reminded how much her and Beckluck are alike. Like you, fucking... exactly. What do you want? Just tell me what you want. Although she really seems to take to yeah. Graha immediately. Probably because he's right. not he's because he's not dis he's he's over respectful in a sense. Probably yeah. be, probably because he's like at least as old as she is. Yeah, she's like ah oh, another another old timer here. Yeah. Yeah, Alvino Alvino's like, by the way, uh we did this hor this horribly dumb thing. Um mm. and then and uh you know, Ishtola said Ishtola took your name and Ishtola's mm. like but you shut the fuck up. But yeah, yeah, you know that scene, you know that scene in Final Fantasy XII where Vaughn goes, mm-hmm. how old are you, Fran? And everyone just looks at him like, fucking idiot. And it's pretty much the same God thing. Damn it. You know what? She's had it coming. Like, I was so happy for Alphano here. Like, everyone is always doing this to him. Yeah. And he finally died. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, that's not yeah. cool, man. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> what? Like, 
I thought that's what we did. Yeah, y'all fuckers are always ratting me out. What the fuck? Uh, Ryle won't stop making fun on, of me. And then, of, of, of course, later on, Matoya's like, oh, shouldn't be a drop in the water for Master Matoya. That's mm-hmm. the great sorceress Matoya. Oh, jeez. Um, so Matoya's like, well, y'all gotta check out my moldy old hole. And we're like, (laughs) Matoya, please. She does call Matoya's relic a a moldy old hole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're just like, Matoya, please, come on, dude. Oh, man, I can't. I fucking can't. She says those words. (laughs) She does. She does. She literally says. And then we go there and, and... You know, Alizé's like, man, the grass around this moldy old hole is really, like, overgrown. She could use a trim. <laughs> this all happens. It's not, like, literally it yeah. all happens. Yeah, and she's like, listen, you got to watch out. There's going to there's gonna be, like, like cobwebs and, like, monsters Please. taking up residence. This whole conversation <laughs> happens, Sly. Literally the whole conversation yeah. happens. Yeah. Please stop. Please stop. Um, so... Yeah, we we bravely sally forth into Matoya's cavernous <laughs> That one was that one was a bit much. What is a cavern? It is cavernous. What do you want me to say? I'm just describing it. Caverns don't have that many bookshelves. Look, a hole doesn't do it justice, alright? That's what I'm saying. Um this this is really really cool because we that's we not know how you that, follow um, that up. You don't say that's really really. Cool. No, it's really cool. Yeah, you, know, you don't I, you don't you don't follow I that entire conversation up. But that's really really cool. You don't. That's not the sequence of events that we were Why looking not? for. I think it's great. I'm I sure think it's fantastic. Do. Okay. Um. Yeah. So so we know that shortly after the colony was like first established. In the slide, God, dude, <laughs> he's holding on. We know, barely. we know that the Charlians discovered all these massive caverns, like underneath the the hinterlands, um, and that is when they basically decided to build the anti tower and kind of like establish it as like a permanent colony, right? Yeah. So these caverns are part of that, and presumably link up at some point to the caverns which the the anti tower is kind of like built into. But um, one thing that I thought was really cool here was all of the, like, the rainbow lava. Um, Yustola tells us is dissolved crystals. Um, so it's a bunch of, like, ether crystals of different aspects that have all been, like, superheated and dissolved. And it's kind of like cerulean. Like, cerulean's a really yeah. similar sort of thing. Um, but it just means that there is, like, just this massive, massive, massive store of, of ether. Underneath Charlian, um, which uh, you know, what could possibly go wrong with that, right? Nothing. Um, no, nothing. Nothing at all. No. Uh, but uh, yeah, we we build a giant porksy that can make other porksies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A mother. Basically, porksy. long story short. Yeah. Which, by the way, has some great attack names. It does. Yeah. Tenderloin is the AOE. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time it just makes me hungry. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because we've already established made of clay, and you see it in mm-hmm. its clay form. No, no, no. A pig's ass is actually pork. No, this <laughs> one was clay. <laughs> no, it, the attacks are called tenderloin. Like fuck. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, imbue it with the magic to be able to recreate these porksies that can go around and cure tempering, right? Yeah. Long story short. Um, and then we happily go back to Limsa Laminsa and we deal with all the Sicard and bloody executioners and Hilfir stuff with a jewel and all that that we've already described. Um, and Merwib has come up with a plan to basically, uh, use herself as bait to get an audience with the uh, the the high patriarch or whatever his name is of the second order, so one of like the top dogs and the kobolds. So for anyone who doesn't hierarchy. know, the number of your order is basically the the ranking of of mm-hmm. your, your yeah. status. So there's only one order above this patriarch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're probably you know like Titan Eggies at this point. Yeah. They're Which probably, probably, jail- they're probably jailers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we decide that we're going to use Marlweber's bait. We're going to get an audience. Uh, we are going to reverse his tempering while Einzar uses some, you know, back pocket Deus Ex Machina that he's been holding on to, um, to, you know, deal with the other kobolds without killing them. And, and um, if only we had Mistbeard around, but at least he's got all this stuff that Mistbeard used to have. Yeah, it's it's cool, you know. I thought knows a lot of what about Mistbeard. Yeah, this guy I knows also a like lot. It. We should ask him some questions. Some, I'm sure he might. He probably knows some things. Yeah, uh, I also like that that Hillfair when he mentioned Mistbeard, like looked directly at Einzar, <laughs> like Einzar, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, so look, we, we do that and it, it kind of works. I don't know if there's that much more to say about it. We reverse the tempering. He's like, Oh my God, what have I done? But you know, like you Lamentons, you still suck so bad. Like you guys just suck so hard. And then Gabu is like, well, but Merlwib's good one. These people are good. And Merlwib's like, here's my gun. Shoot me. Um, and, uh, then let's get on with it. If I if he shot up yeah. to, like, avoid hitting her, but then it, like, stalagmite or something, just... <laughs> Drops on her head. <laughs> just came to Fuck, I didn't mean to do that! Oh, well, she offered. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, you'll reverse tempering when pigs fly. Alice saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got some news for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we do it successfully. We agree to lend him more porksies so that he can start to reverse the tempering of the rest of the kobolds. Yep. And now we have to repeat um, this for every other beast drive. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm sure we can delegate that to Aaron Volden for dollar. Which is right. why I think we'll oh, see them God. again very soon. <laughs> It's one of the reasons why I was the primal again, extermination too. squad. Yeah. So, do we need to? I, I mean, it's pretty much at this point, right, where Merwib gets a call and is like, "Hey, um, look to your south, real quick, will ya? Let's look up. Oh, yeah. Go over to the floating city oh. and just like have a look. And then Merwib's like, "Oh, well, that's I, that's clearly Galian architecture. Yeah, yeah, Merwib, yeah. really." Really? Clearly. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. Really? It is. She really isn't. I mean, it's super not, though. I mean, like, it is, really but not. it's clearly but gone it through some, some phases here. 
It's really not. It's what really is? not. The best is if you get yeah, if you get fog during that scene, they're like, look, and they're like, okay, bitch, where, where? Yeah, I mean, it looked it looked mocky to me. It looked very like voidish. Um, it had that but, metal sheen you know, that gives it that Garlean flair, that metal sheen. What, you, what metal sheen? I had really good One weather about- when I saw mine. <laughs> What are you talking I about? had really good weather when I saw mine. <laughs> one thing about the one thing about the towers, um, mm. the towers, uh, the tower in the locks, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. If you go out, like I don't know if anybody tested this, but like when I saw it, it mm. might have not have been the case for anybody else. When I saw it, I went out as close to the tower as possible, mm-hmm. as close to the landing point as possible. And Alpha and OMG were there, and Alpha was staring at the tower. Mm-hmm. So I don't oh, know boy. if that was the case in any other area. That is interesting. I need a screenshot of that. Uh, it is interesting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, look, we, we see those, and we hear that there's more of them around the place, um, not just in the locks and, um, and, uh, Vilbran, but basically all over the world, as far away as, as Yangsha. Um, so any assumptions that it was like a localized Eorzean phenomenon or if it had anything to do with Mark are, uh, you know, pretty much put to rest there. Um, but then, you know, while we're in the locks, while we're at Alamigo, we have um, old mate Fan Daniel show up with a mm-hmm. an interesting minion in tow. Yeah. Spilled the uh, so called it, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Not you the did. minion. The you minion did. I got wrong super hard. Um, mm-hmm. But the connection the minion has to everything, I got right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so, so. When when are we going to getting double jump? That's that's the question. You got enough. Like, when are we jumps. getting double jumps? You got enough, <laughs> no, you ain't no, got enough no, jumps. No. Once we once we kill this, we're getting double jump, right? Of right? Course. I can't wait for Naturally. so so. Okay, let's let's do this in order before I start making jokes. Um. Mm-hmm. So he shows up at the Royal Menagerie. Um. Mm-hmm. Everyone is there, Smash style. Uh. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> um, and he basically just tells us that um, he just wants everyone to die. I mean, it seems like so. So we talk about how Elidibus is, how the Unsunder's immortality affected them, um, mm-hmm. and it would appear that Fan Daniel's immortality has affected him in a very different way, and that he just wants everything, including himself, to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we don't have to take his word for that necessarily. But I but, don't think um... he's lying at the same time. I think I think what comes next, it doesn't really matter whether he's lying or not, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but he says that he wants to recreate the final days. Says, to which end I've distributed a collection of rather ingenious devices or towers, which will in time give rise to the grandest of spectacles. Um, and he describes Luna Bahamut as the, the first beast. Yeah. 
I want to see if either of you have kind of worked this out, clued this together. I what, think it's what, just what's the, the, the so piece? so these towers are replicating the same things that through the creation magic. They're, I think they're both channeling the creation magics of the Asians and the same exact like humming sound, like the same sort of ringing mm-hmm. that caused the final days, and it's subsequently causing the creation magics to run rampant. But more importantly, mm-hmm. they look like they're tempering people to Garlemald to almost. I don't know if it's to Zenos. But we see mm-hmm. a tempered, somebody who was a scout to one of those towers, come back tempered later and say it's for the glory of Garlemald, specifically. Mm-hmm. So. But to who? Well, if they're trying to, if he's trying to make Xenos absorb Zodiac, it seems like almost the logical end conclusion that Xenos is the recipient of this. Mm-hmm. But. The big, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions, because there's, there's a lot of logical points I can see people going to with this, and I mm-hmm. don't, and ruling any of them out is almost difficult for me. Um, mm-hmm. I predicted that, that these towers were in some way calling about a lunar cry, that the moon being tied to Zodiac and these being tied to them was, was important to some degree. Getting Lunar Bahamut as a name kind of exemplifies my prediction. And to some degree, it makes me feel a bit more confident about that. Um, mm-hmm. Almost pulling Zodiac because Zodiac is pure creation; like he was made with creation magic. So, you know, pulling that to the surface yeah. of Eorzea and it essentially channeling infinitely is is. There's a whole lot of things that just strings that just draw together. To um to bring it back to center a little bit, um, the final days uh, in the pre sundered world, where as you say. The ancients are losing control of their creation magics. Yeah. And, and as a result, they were, um, being compelled to create, uh, simulacrums yeah. of their own, their own nightmares, yeah. their, their deepest fears and anxieties and terrors. And Bahamut definitely them. represents Eorzeas. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. The first beast, the first beast for Amorot, we fight as the first boss in the Amorot dungeon. Um, and again, it's a representation of the fears and anxieties and terrors of, you know, and they really whoever created like, it. And they, it's, yeah. Well, the second one is funnier to me because, like, they really don't like mm-hmm. chickens. <laughs> now, now we we don't have creation magic, right? But we've got. A bastardized form of creation magic that the Asians gave to us and taught us how how to do yep. to meet their own ends, which and, is of course primal. The Garleans have been sucking up Echo this whole time. Mm-hmm. You know they've been yeah. they've been pulling that apart. So yeah, yeah. There's a- and and you're 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 absolutely right that like the the epitome of the 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 fears of people in Eorzea would look like Bahamut. With for the Ishgardians, just a little bit of Nidhog kind of twisted in there, which you can very clearly see uh, yeah. in the design for Luna Bahamut. So the, the the fell beast, the terminus beast, whatever you want to call it, Luna Bahamut is the first of presumably countless numbers of these for people all over the world. Um, we might be able to you know wonder what what they could look like, what they could come out as, but basically. Um, these these towers kind of like as an epicenter, I guess, is kind of like collecting that that data from people and, you know, compelling them into a a sort of, you know, pre-conscious uh, summoning ritual in some way. Um, as for them 
as for the tempering, that's a bit of a tough one because I don't even know if it's necessarily true that the tower is doing that, right? That that if that that's like an important right. function of the tower, right? We know we know that they went there and only one came back and he was tempered. That could have been something that was at the tower. Oh yeah, 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 you're right. And but what's interesting is that it specifically says for the glory of Garlemald, which mm. still meets the idea because Alamegans lived under Garlean rule for so long. Right. Honestly, right. their fear would likely be Xenos, oddly enough. Xenos mm-hmm. or Gaius yeah. would actually probably yeah. represent their fear. So it's something mm-hmm. being summoned out of their fears that is Garlean and then mm-hmm. tempering somebody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the thing, is that pe- people are thinking that all of the towers are going to be tempering people to Garmont. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think they're all creating different kinds of beasts. Right. Um, this one, I mean, it might be that, that they sort of temper on proximity to, like, prevent people from being able to get into the towers and destroy them. It could be that there is some entity there specifically that's doing that. Um, we, we, we don't know. Um, as for causing, like, this keening, this noise, I don't know if that is, like is necessary because that's what caused the ancients to lose control of their creation magics. But I mean, there would be other ways to, to, to do it. Right. Yeah. But he wants, um, I think he is Van Daniels. The, the biggest question we have after all this is Van Daniels, not unsundered. He says so himself, the last of the unsundered. But what he also says is that he's different from them and from the people who are alive now. So, mm-hmm. I, you'd theoretically, he, you'd think that because he's sick of Elidibus's barking, that he was, these are memories of the original Fan Daniel that have been similar to Logriff and Mitra, like that. Mm-hmm. It almost seems to me like maybe the original Fan Daniel had a little more to do with the end of days than, than, uh, maybe, maybe. But, they, but the problem is with that, Elidibus then would have, would have had to have known that. So there's a lot yeah. of question marks about, yeah, that, that's the thing, right? Look, so Fan Daniel says, the three of them were obsessed with restoring the one true world. As a sovereign individual, however, I never had much interest in such things. Um, and, I mean, there's a few different ways you can interpret that, but for me, the most obvious one is saying, I'm not tempered. Like, that's what they wanted to do. I don't have to do that. I'm a sovereign individual. I have my own free will. I'm not tempered to Zodiac. I have these powers, kind of like what we've been saying, right? Like opening the door for these new kinds of assets, these new kinds of villains. Yeah. I I have these powers, but I can do whatever the fuck I want with them, and this is what I want to do with them. Either he's being he's being sincere and he does want to just like, you know, he's just a perfect nihilist and he wants to destroy everything in himself, or he wants to compel a summoning of Zodiac and he's just using that like facade to to sort of facilitate it. Right? I think he wants we, Zodiac, but I don't think he mm. wants it for the same reasons the Unsunder. I I, I think he he gen- mm. he wants to give Xenos his his what he wants because it means that mm-hmm. Fan Daniel subsequently will get what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we still think we're still moving in the direction of what Xenos is wanting is to do to Zodiac what he did to Shinryu and to force us to kind of do a similar thing with Heidelin and then have like this epic, like, you know, final battle against each other with the rest of the world burning behind us. Yeah. That's, I'm subscribed um, to that. Yeah. So that's, that's where we're going. You know, we, we think that like, okay, we've worked out how to reverse tempering. So we've dealt with the primal threat and then Fan Daniel's like, how about all, of the primals and everything else that you guys are remotely afraid of all at the same time. I can't Can wait for a Titan. 
Yeah, I mean, in Final Fantasy IV, well, okay, first thing, in Final Fantasy IV, Lunar Bahamut is redundant, right? There's three iterations of Bahamut in Final Fantasy IV, and they're all on the Red Moon. All yes. of them. So I don't think that there's necessarily a connection between this Lunar Bahamut and the Zodiac Moon. I'm sure they're going to find a way to tie that in. I'm kind of wondering if there isn't a connection between this one and the Lambs of Dalamud. You know, because we've got we've got Fan Daniel, um, the uh, the Tolofaroi. That's that's it, right? Yeah. Moose already worked. Moose already worked this out. He was way ahead of the ball with this, as he usually is, um, and worked out that basically it's a kind of portmanteau for bringers of the end, right? It's a doomsday cult, right? We already have a doomsday cult in Final Fantasy XIV in the lands of Dalamud. For those of you who don't know, they worshipped Dalamud um, in in one point X. As, as like a, a sort of cleansing, you know, god of destruction that was going to like destroy the world and everything unworthy upon it. Um, and, um, Koji's been saying like basically since 2.0 that he would love to like bring them back in somehow, have them relevant somehow. And it just seems kind of obvious that like if you're going to start making a doomsday cult, it's probably going to be pretty easy to get the dudes on board that are already like been rocking the doomsday cult, you know, for the last 10 years, despite the fact that they watched Dalamud, you know, be destroyed and hatch into Bahamut. They're still like, they're still going along with it. And to be clear, and they, Bahamut weren't being by, they were not tempered by mm-hmm. Bahamut. They were no. just a cult that. Yeah. As far as, as, far as we know, they as far were. As we know, yeah. It's crazy. Which yeah. is funny yeah. because if you have a lunar Bahamut, the sun, all mm-hmm. of a sudden, lambs of Dalamud. All of a sudden, yeah. it almost it makes like sense. yeah, it feeds right into it. So yeah, so that so that was my my first thought. The combination of that and the fact that Koji has been saying for such a long time that he wants to he wants to bring him back in, um, that that could be like, you know, the first the first link in the chain, um, you know, towards this you know final days apocalypse scenario that Fen Daniel wants. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think where we go from here is, is again, like lots of entities like this just popping up all over the world. And yeah. to deal with that, we're going to need all hands on deck. And it's going to be an interesting need more hands than we have. Hey, Graha, yeah, exactly. we need that teleportation. We're going to need all the shards. We need all of the warriors, please. Like we need them here and we need them now or mm-hmm. they're, it's fucked. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So get to it, Graha. Open that fucking tower up one more time and figure this <laughs> shit out because... Uh, or just go to the moon. Yeah. Uh, no. No, I don't want to go to the moon. I can't wait to go to look, the moon. Look, look. Finding Zodiac on the moon as an arena, that's fine. Having it as a zone, no, no thank you. Don't make me bring no. up 1.0 facts again. You can bring up as many 1.0 facts as you like. I'm not. I'm not buying so, it. Did you know that Tanaka wanted Dalamud to be a zone originally? Yeah. Yeah. You should have known. Yeah. That. I mean, Dalamud's Dal- <laughs> the red moon, right? The the red moon in Final Fantasy IV was like a number of zones. Yeah. Um, like That's I say, it. three iterations of Bahamut and various other bosses and dungeons and the Lunarians, which are you know obviously like inspired the elegance. But that's gone, all right? The red moon was interesting. The one with the shit on it, that's that's gone. Um Yeah. We've had enough enough moon stuff. I can't wait to go to the moon. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's oh, gonna yeah. be the Asis Law. It's okay. It'll just be the Asis Law. 
There's gonna be Asian a whole law. fucking Asian civilization on that. To go there. There's, I was doing my best not to go there's, there. There's gonna but... be actual remnants of Amarat there, like more of them. There's gonna be like some of them are all. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All I want. There's an anitor there. Fly. You wanted anitors. There's an anitor on the moon. I. I. It's been nearly six years. It has been nearly six years since like we we started this show and we were talking about the moon and. Mike's been, he's been carrying the torch, man. I gotta, I gotta give him props for that. It's, you know? just, it's just obvious. I don't know why you guys don't see it. <laughs> so, I don't know what you're laughing about. That's pretty much the, that's pretty much the last thing we had to talk about. Right, right, right. Okay. Good. Thanks. Alright. Yeah, I mean, do we, do we have anything that we want to speculate about with the, with the towers and the, the final days in Luna Bahama and all that? Like, like, I think we're pretty much, we pretty much just have to sit and wait, but I think we're definitely like on the on the right track with it, right? Yeah, yeah, we're on the verge of something. I can't wait mm-hmm. to see what uh, Zeno's playing the new job that we're getting. Yeah, he's gonna um, he's gonna go be a, a geomancer. He's gonna be a healer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna so, no. He's gonna so he's gonna in find February, some... in February the new trailer. Yeah. He's just gonna have a new fucking job. He's gonna be throwing potion bottles at us. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, know what's gonna happen? He's gonna. That's why they introduced uh, death penalty and annihilator because he's gonna go take both of them. No, that's that why they gave Merle with all those animations, those new animations, because Xenos is. I think now. he's gonna get a new sword. They might, put, they might make it like oh, so on the nose maybe and just try maybe, to make it Masamune. Maybe he'll take the yeah, maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll he'll go to he'll go take uh, Scylla's old uh, deep shadows. <laughs> Mm. I don't know how he's gonna get that. It's gonna be Masamune. There's no doubt in my mind that's gonna be Masamune. Yeah, it is. It's gonna be Masamune. It's gonna be so cheesy, and it's it's it'll be great. He'll grab the hammer. There you go. So 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 my question is: Do we do we think that we've thwarted the final days before 6.0, or do we think that 6.0 is going to be about getting to Xenos and? Preventing the final days because I feel like this this is so huge and so chaotic I, that like it, it's it's hard to imagine how we wrap it up in one, you know, patch. one patch. I feel yeah. like we had kind of had to deal with Fan Daniel before we deal with Xenos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if six point is Fan Daniel, six point three would be Xenos. That would make mm-hmm. sense, right? Because like Fan Daniel's kind of opened the box, right? And if we kill him, mm-hmm. no one can close it. Right, Xenos right. doesn't know how to close it, so maybe we we destroy him next patch, but like the damage is already done, and we've got all these, you know, terminus beasts getting around everywhere, and we've got Xenos just like, mm-hmm. you know, off the leash. I like him. I like him teasing Xenos because he's not afraid of dying, really, because he's already it's already started, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, mm-hmm. I may have singed him a bit, and he goes. You, you touch? Did you touch my fucking warrior of life? Did you? Did you touch did my, you, my prey? Did you touch my boyfriend? Did you touch my prey? It's what like, do you want? He's like, are you trying to die or what's mm-hmm. happening here? And I just I, his obsession. It, I, it never fails to entertain me because we said that we 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 wondered the same thing. We're like, it's not like he can do anything to us. Zenos would kill him, and then he does something, and Zenos is like. That's a bad idea, pal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Van Daniel's comment about Xenos. I'm assuming referring to the Royal Menagerie conversation. Mm -hmm. The one who has it all. Look, I know that we've got mixed feelings about Xenos being the major antagonist for yet another expansion, but it's not going to be Xenos like as we know him. He's definitely going to undergo some sort of transformation before 6.0. He's still haven't even seen Nerva. I feel like we have to run into Nerva. Nerva's a bitch. Nerva's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding me? Like, okay, you you heard you heard like um <laughs> you heard Leon and Menenius talking bitch. about him. Well, that's that's Nerva's like bitch. like Leon and Menenius are like, hey, what about Nerva? And they're just like. You mean you mean Titus's kid? That bitch? Nah. Like he's n- the thing is they they all of the other legatuses are like oh shit we've got our opportunity to like make our own thing now. We all know now that the Galian Empire was this Asian project that is completely balked and and we can make something much much better now on our own. Whereas Nerva is still up in Galamold in that frozen shithole. Like I can. Ah, finally, I can get the throne. Um, oh, God. Well, okay. No. All right, Nerva's a bitch. All right. Nerva's a yes. bitch. Never mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. Noah's going to show up like... Come on. <laughs> Noah Vankerbronth ain't having that shit. Not even a little... Dude, even Valens oh, wouldn't put man. up with that shit. I mean, we, we already talked about that earlier. Mm. Valens would be like... <laughs> no. That's funny. Alright. Yeah, and Nerva, the thing is, Nerva's getting funding from Fan Daniel, is another thing mm, that is worth yeah. remembering. Because, which makes yeah, sense yeah. because, <laughs> who listen, cares listen. who wants the throne? Xenos is physically sitting on it right now, so who gives a fuck who's bidding for the throne? If, if your sugar daddy is Asahi Sass Brutus, I got news for you. He's a bitch. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> That's no good. I'm still not unconvinced really? that Asahi wasn't yeah, like, fan He's dropping all time, the fucking the mics. I'm still not unconvinced that Asahi is it because he's literally the nah. same person still, but he's yeah, an ass. I, I think I think he was just the most obvious choice. I, um, I'm still anyway. not entirely unconvinced. I don't care what they said. Mm-hmm. This is one of those situations. It's like it's like in Seven Remake. I don't care what they said at the end. There's some shit going on we don't we, we that they know about that we don't see. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe Asahi was part of his soul before the sun. <laughs> Every time they're too alike. They're just too alike, man. I like how we kind of also skimmed over, but going all the way back to Eden, that Emmett just abandoned Beatron. <laughs> we just, yeah, of course it's a tiny Emmett detail but it was funny yeah. it was just me Tron's like I'm sure Emmett will come and Emmett's like nah too much work uh, I gotta go <laughs> uh, I mean it is what Emmett would do but it's still really fun Emmett's like oh my god I can't wait to have the old world back and he's like yeah I'm I'm helping right and then, nah you had your chance that's I'm gonna Plan B on this one. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. <laughs> just another funny detail. Other than that, yeah, without just speculating on the towers and 
where we're going. Obviously, that's always the. Big oh, by the way, did you see the? Uh, did you see the pics in Discord? Yes, I did. I did. Of Alpha yeah. and Omega staring at that. Um, I'm not as surprised about that as as maybe I should be. I just didn't think about it. I suppose. But I did say that if they abandon Alpha and Omega and we never see them pop up in new places we're going, I will be sorely disappointed. So that's good news for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, if, if if February comes around and I hear at the beginning of the fucking 6.x trailer, well, 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 <laughs> I just, you know, I hear, I'm like, fuck. All right. Well, you know, we, should, we shouldn't forget that Omega used creation magic, you know? Like, like, he used creation dimension. Yeah, (laughs) but like, he he was doing, you know, through technology what the Asians were doing through magic. Asians were doing, yeah, yeah. So you know, could easily end up being a piece of the puzzle further on. Not to mention, they they still haven't really let Omega go. I mean, between both the tales of the shadows with him in the alternate future, seeing you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Alpha eventually die and. You know, watching the generations of, of the, of the, the, the engineers go by. And then in the, the redeemed future with, with, uh, Midgard Sormer, or I guess that's still the same future, but at this point, you know, it's, it's the attempted redemption of that future. Um, mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. still being there and off, but present. My favorite thing still being Midgard Sormer just laughing at him. Just mm-hmm. being like, <laughs> Oh yeah, let's fix it. Come on, let's fix this shit. Let's go. That was a good laugh. Alright. Um also, yeah, Midgard Sormer has to play a role in this at some point, right? Midgard Sormer has Midgard Sormer is Ishgard's biggest fear, or was their biggest fear other than Nidhogg for a long time too. Mm-hmm. So uh a lunar Midgard Sormer is not entirely out of the uh the question when it comes to that. Well, well I mean you gotta mm-hmm. remember as well that we, you know, we, like everyone in Aeorzea, witnessed the Battle of Silvertear Skies, yep. you know, watching Midgard Zorm and the Agrius go at it. And that's, um, that's the final thing. That I brought up on my stream. Um, we were told we were going to fucking figure out more about Silvertear Lake in this expansion, and we have not. <laughs> Other than the Crystal Tower being there and what it is on the first, we haven't figured out shit about Silvertear this expansion. Well, that's the other thing, right, is that these towers could be waking up lovers or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, we shall see. But we were told, like, that we were really going to find more out about Silvertear, and we have not yet. We were told a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be resolving Garlemald, we're going to learn about Silvertear Lake, and it's all in 5.5. That was the part they left out. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, Garlemald's taking care of itself in one way or another. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh man, we were told. Yeah, this has got a lot to. We got a lot to do in five. Five point five is going to be hefty. If you thought this was a long state of the realm, man, <laughs> you are not. Five point one is going to be a meaty. Actually, you know what? It probably won't be as long. Actually, we're going to need to take an intermission. No, you know what? I, I actually don't think our 5.5 spoiler cast is going to be as long. I really don't. You know, no, do you know why? Probably not. Because why? Near is going to take about yeah. five minutes, <laughs> and no Eden. And there's no and yeah, and other than maybe a festival follow up for Eden, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that won't take. We're, that show is going to be about an hour shorter. 
automatically. <laughs> so we may have spent more talking about Nier in this show than we'll talk about in that show. Oh god, I hope so. We have to also consider doing two spoiler casts for point five because we may need to do one for part one. We, we yeah. might not be able to afford waiting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. You're right. You're right. So uh, we it's we. Thanks for coming, everyone. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for for coming out for the spoiler. Cast. Oh, we'll have this. We'll yeah. have the, We'll have the fucking spoiler the the trailer spoiler cast for February very quickly. <laughs> We'll have oh, to talk about that trailer and every lore aspect of whatever they present there very quickly. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So uh, with that, uh, thanks for hanging out, everyone, for this uh, three, almost three and a half hour show that we that we've That's, done. That's um, definitely one of the longest spoiler casts we've done, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Much it is. much needed. I can't wait for the Final Fantasy 16 spoiler cast when that eventually happens. <laughs> I think we might have to do a separate podcast for that. No, like we, we've already story. we've already we've already set that in motion, as you know. Mm. With, yeah. with 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 TBT as well so. as well uh, as well. I I've called in my my uh, SMT spoiler cast when that happens. So yeah, hell yeah, buddy. Yeah, he has. You have indeed. One day. Mm-hmm. One day. We'll see. We get another fucking trailer. Shit. Yep. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck on your SMT5 trailer. Good luck. Yeah. Right. Uh, so with that, uh, we're going to thank our sponsors one more time. Everyone can say goodbye. We'll do a short post show, and then I can eat this BLT that's been sitting in front of me for two hours. So uh, yeah. thank everyone for tuning in, and thank you to our sponsors. We mentioned them at the start of the show. We mentioned Steel Series giveaway under every YouTube video, uh, one pulled once a month. And the 12% discount code. Uh, we also mentioned Romancing Saga, which had an ad play over on YouTube at the start. So thank you to them. And, of course, our sponsors over on Patreon. I did actually, I think, get a message from a sponsor. And it was uh, somebody changing their, there we go, to uh, Shadowlink. They wanted to change their sponsorship from Tonberry to Titan. So that's not going to be reflected in the text, but I will make sure I've made note of that. So I'm saying it out loud. So thank you to them for uh, staying sponsored. Thank you to everyone over on Patreon, who has supported for the past God knows how long after this crazy year that we've had. Uh, so, and again, if you ever see your name, if you need to change your name or anything like that, perfect example, just let me know, and I'll make sure that I get that done. You know, at some point, didn't get it done before this show because it's been a crazy week, but I made sure to mention it at the very least. Thank you to our patrons of Darkness, Crucial Cross, on Genova, and Kern Ioni as well. I've got Above and Beyond. You guys have been awesome. So thank you to them. Thank you to everyone on that list, and thank you everyone for tuning in. Oh, there it is. I, you know, you did, you muted your mic for that one. That was really quiet. No, I didn't. I'm just, uh, just sneaky. You're not, but okay. Uh, let's just <laughs> stop making that face. And with that, uh, we can sign off. So, Ethis, our, mm-hmm. uh, shepherd to the lore, uh, where can they find you at, <laughs> good, sir? Uh, oh, look, you, you got, you guys know where you can find me. You can find me Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, all the places, Ethis Asher, lots of Final Fantasy fourteen lore content, a little bit of Final Fantasy sixteen lore content as well, a little bit more coming down the pipeline. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. Got some exciting projects coming up, some that I can talk about soon and some that I won't be able to talk about so much, but I hope you guys enjoy them anyway. Um, that's, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Thank you so much for having me again. It's wonderful, wonderful to talk to you guys. I uh, really appreciate it. So... 
Thank you. Thanks for the platform. What about you, Sly? Uh, hi. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Sly, aka Gray Fox. You can find me on Twitter at Sly the Fox, uh, doing a bunch of 5.4 stuff. Um, well, I wanted to kind of dip my feet into E11S tonight. Maybe, maybe not. I kind of want to cap before I go into E11 and get my fucking chest piece. But, you know, I'll probably do maps, then lore. And then, of course, tomorrow, SMT Saturday, doing more uh, Nocturne Hard type because I hate myself. Yeah, you do. And, yeah, yeah, I fucking do. Uh, and then, of course, Station WSOI. Speaking of which, it, it, it is a week until Krima. It's a week until Krima. Oh, my goodness, but, it is too. Mm-hmm. But there will be a free mini-mix uh, for the public tomorrow at 8 a.m., the Krima mini-mix. So if you're feeling in, you're feeling festive, you're feeling the Krima spirit, you know, definitely uh, hop by the, the uh, Patreon page because, again, all the mini-mixes are free for everyone. You don't even have to be a patron. Just stop by and you can listen to all the mini-mixes on our Patreon. And yeah, love to have you. And of course, station WSLY tomorrow night. There he goes. I, that, I, I normally I have to remember to shout it out. He got it this time. Yeah, yeah, I did. I actually remembered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Haps, what about you? You can find my moldy old hole at uh, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, God YouTube. Damn it. <laughs> you can find that uh, at all those locations. Mister Happy One Two Two Seven. There you go. Say yeah, this, you're yeah. way too into it. I mean, I just read chat and said, I'm going to say that. Uh, uh, so thanks. You can really thank them for it more than anyone else. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you for that. And a um, couple things. One, we will have a State of the Realm next week, but it will be on Tuesday, and it will be uh, Savage. We have confirmed Sphia and Keo from the World First Group, uh, Thoughts for a Second, will be joining yeah. us to discuss this latest Savage tier, as they tend to come on the show often to do. Um, spoke to... Keo today, he said it was his favorite tier since Midas, so to give you a little bit of a heads up, oh, damn. from a healer perspective, oh, he said it was his favorite tier since Ooh. Midas. So uh, that's going to be a, a fun show with uh, with some uh, some great outlooks going forward. So, And then in case you didn't know, Mog Talk also did a show with TPS um, the same week that they managed to get their world first, so that is available on YouTube, so go find Frosty's Mog Talk if you want a little bit of a peek into their insights on the latest Savage tier. That's going to be on Tuesday. I don't know what time yet, Sly. I'll let you know if that's a noon show or a 4 p.m. show. Sphia said he's good for I'm either open. or, but he's going to check his schedule and get back to me. So I'm open. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Um, yeah. And then we're not sure what we're doing the week after that. Because of all the holidays, that may just be an off week. Um, it just... It, trying to... I want to give people time to actually enjoy the holidays. Not feel like they need to be on a podcast or anything like that after the crazy year that it's been. Not going to try to rope people into something if they're uh, if they're busy for this time of year. Oh, so, oh, on that note, we're going to go into a short post show, and then I can eat my sandwich, and then I've got work to do after I can that. Make a sandwich. Yes, you can make a sandwich. I can eat a sandwich. And this can be a sandwich. There you go. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Just get some okay. moldy old. I, I'll, I'll unpack that one in my own time, I think. There you go. On that note, we will see you next week. Thanks for watching. Until then. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week.